sit back and get ready to have the most fun you ever had with an electronic device. The only baseball move worse than that would be when Mr. Burns took Daryl Strawberry out yeah. in the company softball game because there was a lefty coming up. <laughs> it's called playing the percentages. Playing the percentages. <laughs> and it was great because Strawberry goes, you taking me out, Skip? I got nine home runs today. <laughs> and, he, and he only was up five times. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome out to the Get On With It Sports Show. It is Wednesday, June the 2nd, 2021. Jersey Johnny coming at you with me, as always, is none other than Mr. Radio Pete and Mr. Harry Lugnuts. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen. Howdy. How the hell are Pete, you? What? Pete is above ground and out of the bunker. He's out of the bunker tonight. What is that? Uh, what, what is that background you got there? Is that uh, is that real nature? Or is that, it's nature. Is that actual nature? That, that is actual nature. Uh, I am in uh, the Sand Hills of North Carolina visiting some family. Nice. And uh, that's the backyard right there. There you go. This is uh, sort of a uh, sunroom thing. It's windows and sliding glass doors all around. There was a deer out there uh, just a few hours ago. Oh, oh, deer, oh dear. You couldn't schedule it to be uh, come back around for the. Uh, no, I, I I went to I started to open the door to say, "Hey, could you come back?" And they're skittish. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they're that's not true. like Long Island deer; they just walk up to you. Long Island deer, yeah, walk up and just ask, like, "Hey, ask, ask for a smoke." <laughs> yeah, you got a sandwich or a smoke or something. <laughs> so they have actual nature here. So there you go. Well, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> so we're coming to you from three parts of the country tonight. That's Look right. At that. Look at that. Um. Has uh, has anybody um, has anybody seen what's going on uh, in uh, baseball today? Uh, today, yeah. What well, did you today? see? The, well, the, well, the Mets. Did you see what actually happened as far as the? Uh... I stopped watching baseball until about August. <laughs> it's basketball season. The broadcast. No. The broadcast of the Mets game. No, well, tell us what happened. The broadcast of the Mets game was only on YouTube today. Okay. Really? Only on YouTube. Couldn't get it anywhere else. If you wanted to watch the Mets game, the Mets Diamondbacks game, you had to watch YouTube. Not on TikTok? They didn't break it down into 30-second yeah. videos on TikTok? <laughs> Every pitch was its Every own video. Every pitch has its own yeah. TikTok. Yeah. Well, and of, and of course they won today. Uh, right, of course. So, only, you know, you could only see the victory if you were watching. Now, w- why is that? Are they trying to get a contract with YouTube, or what is I, the? I don't know what Manfred's trying to do. I mean, they're, they're, last year there was a bunch of different, uh, you know, uh, broadcasts only, Facebook only broadcasts. Uh, I haven't heard of any this year. This year yet, there might have been some. I just I hadn't heard any of any. But yeah, it was YouTube only. Um, so or, yeah, don't I, the Yankees have some games on? I think Amazon Prime this Yankees year. Yankees are on Snapchat actually. Hmm. Later, okay. later. <laughs> yes, yeah. they're actually on MySpace. That's right. <laughs> they're trying to bring that back around. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, this is all part of his ploy to bring in the younger viewer. You know. Um, well, can't you have it on? Can't you have it on YouTube and also have it on like you know whatever? Yeah, that, that's regular. That's, that's what I'm talking about. So I guess I don't understand why if you want to put it on YouTube because you want to bring in the younger viewer, um, the older viewer may not be able to watch YouTube, so they're not watching the game. So you just lost that audience, you know. So I well, not I only know, that, come on. not only that, but the whole theory that. Just because you put something on YouTube, it's going to attract a younger audience. It's right. completely, well, completely flawed. You know, true. it's like, hey, let's put those old Lawrence Welk shows on YouTube. YouTube, because uh, we got to get the kids watching them. Right. 
all of a sudden the 20 somethings are totally into uh you know, I to mean the welk, to the welk. Maybe maybe if they happen to stumble across it they go, "Hey, look, the that game with the stick and the little white thing is on YouTube." Yeah. Uh yeah, yeah, put up the uh, this there's a new Fail Army video. Let's watch that instead. I, 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 I watch it just because it's on. I, I don't think baseball has to worry about gaining new customers. I think they have to worry about losing their loyal fan base. Yeah, you would think. Because this year, watching baseball is I, – I, don't get me wrong. I don't need to see 11, 10 games. I like good pitching. But it is painful to watch baseball games at times <laughs> this year. I mean, absolutely painful. I was more excited about – Conan O'Brien's, I mean, Clint Frazier's home run last night, <laughs> just to get the game over with so I could go and watch the Nuggets than I was about the Yankees actually winning. I was just like, please put me out of my misery. because if I, And I just immediately, if any game goes to extra innings, I'm angry. Right. I'm just watching angry. Going, eh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because this is all bullshit. It's all bullshit. It's now they happen to win, so it's not as right. much bullshit as when they lost the first six extra inning games of the year, right? But it it, it is unbelievable uh, how bad the hitting yeah. is, and it just well, it's not even just the hitting. It's just it's it's amazing how bad the fundamentals of baseball are. They're non-existent in baseball this year. There's a lot of sloppy play right now. There really yep. is uh, it's all, all across, and everybody's yeah. getting hurt. Yeah, yeah, and again today, I mean, the Mets won on their YouTube game today. Was there not enough time off? Is, is this is this kind of what's going on in the NBA and Major League Baseball? Well, maybe did everybody's body get used to just having to play sixty games last year, and that was it, and not starting until July? <laughs> That's right. You know? So That's right. maybe that was it. So the bodies are saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! This is way too much too soon." What are you doing? I mean, some of it's not that different. I mean, for you know, uh, Giancarlo Stanton or, or, or some of the Yankees, this is the normal, you know, right. let's play, let's get hot for a week and then let's get injured for six months. Right. Uh, so, but it, everybody's it just, taking their lead. Yeah. But they haven't even played 60 games yet. So no. And, and look, the case, they can't be tired yet, John. Cause they didn't I mean, even get the, to... the Yankees are as, as injured earlier. as the Mets, but, the, but yeah, the, between, between the two New York teams, right. if you, if, I mean, uh, two weeks ago or a week ago, if you looked at both their lineups, you'd be like, what? Who, like, who, who were the starting right fielders or left fielders for the Yankees and Mets last Wednesday? They have been I mean, they're not even on the they're not even no. on the team anymore. There's were... some double A players, let alone triple yeah. A players, and they've been blowing through them too. It's ridiculous. Right. John Donovan just uh, writes in. He says uh, it's strikeouts and homers and nothing else. That's yeah, it. and it's not even that many homers anymore. It's it's, it's, it's more it's, strikeouts and homers. It, yeah, it, it's, and bad it's a lot of strikeouts. More so than ever. And last year, you know, small ball seemed to return a little bit last year, especially because maybe there were so many playoff games that it was such a big percentage of what you watched right. baseball-wise last year. I mean, it seemed like we had a quarter of a season and then the playoffs. And the playoffs were really kind of yeah, – they were entertaining last year. They were competitive. Right. This year, it just seems like getting through it, – it, it just seems like inevitably you're going to go to extra innings. And then this idea of making the game shorter, it's just yeah. – these guys are – the fundamentals if, – if you, if you gave the uh, – any team from the 90s, if you, if you took the 90s Mets or Yankees or any team really and said, hey, you have to win the game. I'm going to put somebody on second. You get three outs still, and you just have to score one run. I would say 75% of the time those teams would score a run. Sure. Because they, they'd be able to – 
I mean, immediately you would move the guy over to third, and then all it would take was a sacrifice fly to score a run. Right. Now, that doesn't mean the other team wouldn't eventually do the same thing, but it's amazing how much, how many times you see 11, 12 inning games still. I, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't, it, the, the game seems very, very frustrating, and that's what's going to lose. It's not, not only are you not going to gain new fans, you're going to lose a lot of old school fans. You are. You are. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and I don't, maybe and, it's know, just not... me. I can't sit through a game like I used to. I used to be able to watch a baseball game like nothing. Now I, I, it's agitating to get to, to watch a whole game. It, well, it, there's other good stuff going on, too. True. Uh, I mean, uh, I was sitting right here at this table about two hours ago having dinner with my dad, and he said, so how you know how are the Mets doing? And, and I, went, I went, I don't really know. They were in first. <laughs> but they, you know, they missed a bunch of games, and they were only in first because of the percentage. And I'm not really sure what they've done in about the last four or five days. I really hadn't been paying attention. What are they? Yeah. Seven, seven, ga- seven games over five hundred. There, there's there's what, six, six six games six, over five hundred. I had no idea until I just looked at the standings. They lost last night. They're in first place by four games. Yeah, so I had four, no idea. Four game lead in the in the East. I had no idea. So I really haven't been paying attention with. With the NBA and the NHL playoffs going on, right. one, no, thing, one, one thing I'll give the Mets is they seem to beat the teams that they should beat, which is uh, which is the opposite of the Yankees. I mean, how the Yankees sweep the White Sox and then get swept by the Detroit yeah, Tigers, the Tigers yeah. is just. Uh, I'll be honest. I'll, I'll be honest with you. If 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 this continues, if this was George Steinbrenner, Aaron Boone would be gone already. Uh, probably. Probably. I mean, especially by if when July comes around, there'd be a change. Right. Um, yeah. And, and I'd like you talked before you talked about the injuries and it, it continued today for, for the Mets. I mean, you have uh, Conforto and uh, uh, McNeil have been out with the hamstrings. Uh, VR just went out today. He left the game with a right, right hamstring. Tight. Which is a big loss because he's one of the few guys who can actually, I mean, his on base percentage is way better than his average. His on base and percentage and, and, is amazing, and he's got a, an amazing glove. And he's, and he's a good defensive guy. Yeah. So, and he's and he's a, and he's a veteran, and he knows how to play. You know, he knows how to win in those absolutely clutch situations. So, you got a lot of young and or guys who or older guys who are on their last legs, literally, who are hanging around or being called right. back because there's there's just injuries across. I mean, it seems like sports in general. I mean, it, it really begs the question. Are these guys overtrained? Is there is there something going on in 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 that they're so such top notch athletes nowadays and their athletic ability so much? Are are they just putting too much stress on what the body should be doing? Because in every sport, it seems like injuries are as much bigger issue than they used to be. Yeah, yeah in the I NBA, you used to have people who were out for a year. You had horrible injuries to people right. but you don't you don't have i mean they showed a graph of anthony davis's indis, injuries from this year mm-hmm. and it, it was a 12 part list yeah 12 different injuries this year yeah about <laughs> a million bucks in injury why not yeah what the hell um the other thing too is as far as the shortening the games and uh, and and all the other crap that goes on um keith hernandez actually came up with a good idea last night he actually said he would he would like to see them Get rid of this, you know, the run. Well, he doesn't like the runner on second at all, but if they're going to use it, he says use it after the 12th inning. Give it three innings of regular baseball, and then if you're going to go beyond the 12th inning, you hit in inning 13 and on, then then institute that, you know, runner on second thing. Then I think um, you just have a dodgeball game. 
<laughs> you can do that too. Why not? I don't know. How does that? I mean, how does that really help? Well, it, I mean, if we're, if we're still having extra inning games now, and they're not extra inning games where the game ends at uh, you know five to five at the end of nine, and then somebody wins it in the twelfth, and they win it like seven six. You know, they're not. They're not. In other words, there's very few games where. They put the runner on second in the top of the inning, and he scores. And then they put the runner on second in the bottom of the inning, and he scores, and it's still tied. Right. They're just not scoring with it's the a, runner on they're second. They're not scoring at all with so, the runner on second. So yeah. now you're going to play three innings, three extra innings of of <laughs> of, a, of a tie game, which will either have no run scored or the but same you know run what? scored by each team. And I, then you're going to have guys put the runner on second yeah, but and not think, score? Think about this, though. Think about this, though. And it, it does make a little sense if you look at it like this. Um, these teams are playing – a different brand of baseball because that runner's on second, as opposed to having a clean slate, nobody's on base, and they can go out there and play their game, whatever that game may be. Well, it's you know just, what I'm saying? But they're playing the same game they're already playing. I would argue that they're, not, is, they're not doing anything different. They're, they're all they're, runner bust. I mean, they're, they're just hoping that maybe they can put the bat on the ball. Yeah, the, I mean, the runner on second, that's an easier, get a base hit. Right. Well, no, th that's the idea, right? Bunt the runner over or get a base hit. Or just put it. the ball in play. Get 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 a you know whatever. I mean, uh, or even hit a really deep sack fly to right field so he can get over to third. Whatever you want yeah. to do, get him over to third, you and bunt. then a sack no, fly bring him home. No outs, man. On second, you bunt him over to third. You get sack you, fly you, to you bunt it to the right side of the infield between the first baseman and the pitcher, right. so that they can't go to third. And then you, you you got two. Then you got a chance for a sack fly and or a, a hit to drive that run in. Right. That's right, exactly. that's called baseball. Right. Of course. Of course, but that's a lot easier than. But, going. but nobody, nobody can, can nobody it. can bunt anymore, nobody can and nobody it. and it's hard to hit sack flies because they wanna they wanna put that extra power in there, and they wind up getting under the ball, and all of a sudden it's an infield fly, or I, or a bloop just behind just behind the second baseman. I, 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 really, I really do think that any above average to good pitcher, especially relievers, in today's major league game, can 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 make. These most hitters chase bad pitches. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, the Yankees loaded the bases the other day with, with Sanchez up, but a chance to, 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 to tie the game. And they, they were down, don't get me wrong. But I mean, it wasn't even close. And, and, the, and the night before, I watched Judge end the game by swinging at two really bad pitches and then just taking a, 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 a rather pedestrian off-speed pitch right over the middle of the plate right. it's 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 and and these are supposedly their stars right you know i mean and i'm not, I'm not saying anybody else on the team is doing it much better you know clint clint frazier got lucky last night because he had a ball right in his wheelhouse the only place where he can hit the ball right and he was he was swinging for the fences and he, he connected so that's great but <laughs> it's i got you um couple stats for you mets wise um to grum uh, pitch the other day, great game. You know, won it, whatever. Um, his second game back after being uh, out for for that time, um, he threw six hundred. He had thrown six hundred and seventy-one pitches this year before throwing his first curveball the other day. He hadn't thrown a curveball the entire season until the other day. Really? Yeah. It was a. Uh, well, I mean, his arm is shot. He's done. He's done. He's done. <laughs> Trade him. Trade him. Matter. He's done. So, uh, I think. Uh, I think Harry wants him to go to the Yankees. But um, trade with the Pirates. He has eight games this year with one earned run or less, and he and he tied. That's tied his own record from 2018. 
So, um, and and he's what three and five in those games, <laughs> and pro- probably. Yeah. <laughs> and there's only been and there's only been two other pitchers on the Mets that have had seven games with one earned run or less in, well, in he, Mets history. The the Mets don't need him to to, to pitch to, for his pitching. They need him to pitch for his hitting. He's hitting, I know, no. But <laughs> who are those? Who are those two other Mets? Who are those two other Mets pitchers that have seven in a, in a single season? In a single season, yeah. Give us a hint. How long ago did they pitch? Uh, a while ago. One much longer than the other. <laughs> so a Seaver, probably. No, it wasn't Seaver. Doc? Nope. Before Doc and before that. Hmm. Ed Lynch in 1981. Ed Lynch. Ed Lynch mm-hmm. in 1981. That was my next guess. There you no, go. I, I knew it was coming right out of your mouth. Thanks for sure. ruining this. Sorry I had it. Was, I, I, would, I, would, I would have got to Jane Lynch before I got to Ed, <laughs> Ed Lynch. Lynch. <laughs> and, then, and then Nolan Ryan was the other one. Nolan Ryan. Nolan ah, okay. Ryan. How many years did Nolan Ryan pitch for the Mets? Uh, three? Year and a half. No, about three Three years, yeah. yeah. Three, four seasons. Was that – was, was Were the Mets his – he was a rookie with the Mets. It was his first team, right? First team, yeah. God. Yeah. But now, then they only gave him one run of support, and he said, "But was he still on the Mets when, Se- when Seaver was there? Or was yeah, that, yeah, they were out together. Yeah, that's what they were together. Yeah, yeah. So, but um, yeah, Seaver stayed. Can you imagine that if that tandem had uh, stayed with the Mets for a while. You know, Seaver. I, I think Seaver was a, was a pitcher who won was able to win more games than Ryan. But, I mean, imagine Seaver coming out. You, you have to deal with that. And then, you know, it'd be the, it would be like Nolan Ryan following up DeGrom right now. I mean, it would just yeah. be like <laughs> – although, you know, they were two different pitchers in a lot of ways. Ryan was a lot more of just – he Ryan was kind of like a pitcher is today in a lot of ways. The thing is is that when he gave up five runs, he still pitched nine, ten, or 11 innings. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, but but there was but if he's given up five runs, his uh, offense was putting up six or seven runs. Uh, right, so that was Somet- sometimes, 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 sometimes. Not mean, every time, but, but a lot. N- of Nolan Ryan played for a lot of teams where he. I mean, I think he was a five hundred, you know, record. I think he was almost as many wins as losses, just because he pitched so, so long, long, and, and yeah. he stayed, and they, and he just stayed in the game no matter what. Exactly. Exactly. He didn't get pulled in the fourth inning after seventy-five pitches. Well, the, the, there weren't any no decisions for him because no. <laughs> he was in the. It was it was his game the whole thing, right. whatever it was. But um, then he, yeah. played well, but, Texas, but also, he played on a Texas team that wasn't great, right? Yeah, yeah. but also when you, I mean, you know, uh, when, once yeah, you throw a couple just, like three or four, uh, three or four no hitters, they're yeah, not going to take. Helps. They're not going to take you out <laughs> no. No. until you're really terrible. Until you're really terrible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But. Um, to that note, one other thing on Degrom, uh, he he has a uh, he lowered his ERA the other night to zero point seven one. That's his ERA right now. That's the lowest through May for any qualifying pitcher since nineteen sixty four. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's remarkable. It's just ridiculous. But and the Mets overall global pitching wise, uh, they have a one point eighty one home ERA and a four point twenty five road ERA. So. Both are, I mean, one is fantastic. The other one's not bad. 4.25 is not bad. I mean, it's not great, but, but in today's yeah. game, it's, right. you know. Well, you know, well, they're only four games under 500 on the road. That's true. So, you know, despite an ERA of four plus, which isn't terrible. No, no, not at all. It's not bad at all. Um, 15, 15 and five at home. <laughs> yeah. And I think we know why. 
because uh, <laughs> they gave up less than two runs a game. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you can you know you can kind of stumble even if you're the Mets with mm-hmm. a bunch of AAA players. You can stumble into a couple of runs a game, right? Somehow and win two to one yeah. or two to one point eight. Two to one point eight. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two to one point eight one. That's the score so I'd like to see. That's the score. That'd be a great score. There we go. And the Mets win this. Put up the books. The Mets win two to one point eight. Exactly. And um, speaking of Mets pitchers, um, just wearing Johan Santana because yesterday was the ninth anniversary of his no hitter, uh, the only no hitter in uh, Mets history. So, kudos to Johan Santana. Uh, and then, what did you say before, Harry? It was the beginning of the or Pete, you said it, the beginning of the end of his uh, arm. The beginning of the beginning of the end of his arm. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> he, he threw 136 pitches or 134 pitches that night, I think. On like a cold. Us. It was, a, a, was it, it was either it was raining or it was just damp. It was just a damp, ugly night. Heavy air. Yeah. Right, yeah. So, so. Not the night you want to be throwing. Cold water. humidity. That sucked. Yeah, it was bad. Exactly, yeah. So, but, um, hey. Oh, well. Uh, one other thing on the Mets really quick. Um, Pilar got his face bashed in by that ball. Yeah. He's back in the lineup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a trooper. He's It's ridiculous. Two weeks. He missed 10 games. That was it. <laughs> Him back. and... Uh, Who's the fielder's choice king? <clears throat> oh, uh, uh, Patrick Mazika. Mazika, yeah. They're, they're going to be yeah. like the uh, the Warrior Brothers for the Mets. There you go. Exactly. Just guys are guys that we're going to love on this team. Exactly. Well, well, we'll we'll see how it goes. I mean, they're like I said, they're uh, they're six games over uh, five hundred. They've got a four game lead in NL East, and uh, and there you go. We'll, we'll the, check back in August. We'll check back in August. There you <laughs> go. There's That'd only a hundred games left to go. There's only a hundred <laughs> games left to go. <laughs> Yankees, on the other hand, Yankees are Yankees are five games over five hundred, but they're a, they trail in the division by four and a half. Yeah. Um, what's your take on that, Harry? They're so inconsistent. They just they they, they consistently can't score. They're runs. consistently inconsistent. They're consistently very anemic scoring, scoring runs. I think you know if if you were to say they've had some injuries, I, I think overall. The Yankees pitching has performed above what expectations were. Um, you know, Herman, who's been started when was assigned, came back. He looked okay. Talion, that experiment, you know, is probably a bust. Maybe um, he's had a couple of good games. Kluber was great until he got hurt. Uh, Montgomery's up and down, but. Overall, their bullpen has been fantastic. Their starting pitching has been above average. Cole has been, other than, you know, DeGrom, probably the best starting pitcher in baseball. And they just can't seem to score runs when they need to. And uh, and they're suffering from an identity crisis. You know, they just – this – it's times like this where the, the, the Aaron Boone, I'm going to change the lineup every day kind of thing, I don't think helps them out very much because there, there's a lot of guys who are trying to find their groove, and if you're shuffled around too much in the lineup, I don't think it helps you. Right. Um, yeah, that's and, one. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and Sanchez's defense and his, his – and it just seems like they're when he's in the lineup, they're just – they become a sloppy team, and the pitchers – it's just – Nothing and nothing is efficient. It, it's it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. I mean, they're 
they beat the White Sox. They look pretty good. They swept them. They, they, it looks like they were back. You know, they're right now. They're they're splitting with the Rays. They're up two one. It's early. They're they're a good team. They're not a bad team. Right. They're just. I think that there's a lot of guys and a lot of the guys. You know, it's like you know the Yankees version of Street Coast Close Davis is Stan. <laughs> Street Close Davis. Street Coast Stan. I mean, he's out again. Yeah. The, and it's not an insignificant thing. Giancarlo Stanton was the biggest signing the Yankees made since Alex Rodriguez. And I don't think Alex Rodriguez missed season after season with injuries. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it wasn't like Mark Teixeira came and then never played. This is what, you know, they, they got him for a reason. And he's he's not in the lineup. He's never in the lineup. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll, also, I'll also say this, you know, they're – they're in a pretty good division, you know. A very I mean, good division. We, we expected Tampa Bay to be good. Boston got off to the hot start. They seemed to come back to earth, and we went, yeah, okay, they're they're coming back to who they really are. But they've picked it up again. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, these are – look, Tampa Bay is 14 games over. Boston's 10 games over. Yankees have 30 wins. 30 wins would put them in second or just behind Cleveland if they were in the central and, and would put them tied with Houston for second. With, uh, in the West, you know, right? I mean, right, right, and, right, and, right. and that's not like they're way behind either. But yeah. there are two two teams in this division that have over thirty wins, and that's this is the you know the East. That is to say, right. that's the only division that has those two teams that are over thirty wins. So they're, you know, it's it's tough. They don't have much room for error. They don't have much right. of a margin with the ex- with the exception of the Orioles. Right. Any any one of those four teams in the American League East could go to the World Series. Yeah, I mean, Toronto's 28 and 25, yeah. right? Kansas City is a, a, a game a game back of them in the Central. Seattle's 28 and 28, you know. Mm-hmm. Angels in Texas are underwater. Detroit and Minnesota's underwater. And in the East, it's just Baltimore, who's exceptionally yep. terrible. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean that they can't win games. Have, no, I mean, games, I, think they, you know? I think they won they two out of three from the Yankees. Yeah, they won a couple yeah. against the Yankees. So, so they, they, all four of those teams are good enough to win the American League, and they, but they all have major holes. Yep. And, and, but every team. Every team has major holes. Not every team, made, but most major holes, teams but has holes. Ha- have that. Yeah. And okay. I, I just – this has been my criticism of the Yankees. It's a lot It's a lot like what we'll talk about a little bit when – there are when it comes to basketball, there are teams that are built for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I don't think this Yankee team is built for the playoffs because they just are not reliably hitting in the clutch. Mm-hmm. And their most reliable hitter this year is having an off year, and he's at the top of the lineup. And that's you know, I guess Stanton is playing today, so I was wrong. But but you know, he's he's and he's got a hit, which is great. But there's their lineup is so inconsistent. I, I just. They have guys who will put up decent numbers and will occasionally against Baltimore or against that one road trip to Kansas City will put up good numbers. But I just I just the bottom of their lineup is we is 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 weaker than it's been in a long time. Right yeah, now right, right now after Glaber Torres, you have Odor is hitting two hundred, Sanchez is hitting two hundred these numbers. And O'Hara yeah. is hitting two thirty seven. Clint Frazier, Conan O'Brien, any Conan. <laughs> Is sitting 185, and he was slightly, the hero last slightly night. better than the Mets. Conan O'Brien and Clint Frazier. 
Conan, put Conan O'Brien at second base in the, <laughs> night, in the tenth inning. It would be a lot more entertaining. Conan um, Frazier is hitting slightly better than the Mets home ERA. And, and look, exactly. I'm not saying the Yankees got rid of Mike Talkman, and Mike Talkman's not lighting it up, but he's a good defensive center fielder, and sure. he seems to be a better hitter than so. The Yankees have outfield problems. Yeah. They they need to go out and get an outfielder. They just sent Mike Ford back down today. Too. I mean, Judge is playing center field tonight. Judge is playing center field? He's playing center field tonight. Andahar right? is playing left field. They got a third baseman who couldn't field. <laughs> playing play left, play left, play field. left yeah. field. Who's playing right field? Frazier. And oh. Frazier's more. Now, prize, I don't know why Frazier, they wouldn't put Frazier in center and have Judge in right. I, I, again, Aaron Boone, I just. I, I guess he trusts Judge's glove in center more. You know, he had one he had one clutch hit in his career, and all of a sudden he's a genius. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I uh, hopefully they hired him on something other than the one clutch hit he had. Uh, do you think that was the, pretty much the gist of the interview? Yeah, Laren, uh, what do you what do you think you're going to bring to the team? What what is it about you that's going to help the yeah. Yankees win? It was between well, him and, it was between him and Scott Brocious. Uh, right. You, yeah. you might remember back in 2004 or whatever year it was. Who was the uh, Who was the one? Who, what was his name? Uh, damn it! Uh, the the blonde left field. Uh, damn it! Can't think of his name. For uh, the Yankees. For the Yankees. Yeah, 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 yeah. Left fielder. Left field. The blonde yeah. left field. What year are we talking about? No, no, late late nineties, early early two thousands. Uh, blonde, maybe. Uh, damn it! I'll think of it. I'll think of it. It'll come to me. But the same thing. Like if it, if he, if he was up for the job. Um, because of a little minor success that he had uh, oh. at one point. Oh, the guy who smacked all the home runs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know who you're talking about. It wasn't Shane. No. Shane something. Shane Spencer. Shane Spencer. Yeah. Spencer. Hit like 10 home runs in 12 yeah. games or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just like, uh, you're hired. Had, yeah, job. had like a good good month and a half and then came right. out the next year. And... Yeah. yeah, he was the Brian Doyle of the 90s. <laughs> 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 I gotta love it, but uh, in any event, uh, Spencer wasn't a bad player. You know? No, 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 I mean none of them were no, bad he wasn't players. Good. But didn't he play for the Mets too? Shane Spencer, no. think, yeah, he pitched a no hitter for the Mets. <laughs> he pitched, yeah, <laughs> he played for the Mets. He's he had guy. sixty saves in in two thousand five. <laughs> let, let, let me look it up. Shane Spencer. Okay, here we go. Yep, he played for the Yankees, Rangers, Indians, and New York Mets. What year did he play for the Mets? 2004. Uh, it had to be like um, yeah. um, that was a come up and down year, a couple of uh, apparently. two or three I mean, he, 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 he had... It was obviously memorable. He didn't play <laughs> long, but he had 59 home runs and 242 RBIs. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. He was a replacement player who came in during the strike. <laughs> right. He was. He was a replacement player that came in during the strike. Yeah. So was, uh, so was Keanu Reeves. That's right, <laughs> but different sport. But different yeah. sport, but whatever. Uh, there you go. Um, let's see. Oh, actually, uh, let's see. Uh, what did he play here? One hundred eighty-five at bats for the uh, Mets. Uh, I, I thought I, I thought I remember play for the Mets. How I remember that, I don't know. Two eighty-one, four home runs, twenty-six uh, homers, six stolen bases for Shane Spencer. Six Fifty-two hits. Bases. Fifty-two hits in two hundred and four plate appearances. There you go. For Shane Spencer with the New York Mets. There you go. Yeah, it does, yeah. 1,671 career at-bats. 
His wins above replacement, 4.9. There you go. That's much better than mine. This is true. Or mine. Yeah. Actually, the three of us combined, I think, actually. Yeah. But in any event. A um, couple things. Uh, did you see what the uh, MLB uh, did today? No. Please tell us. It's the inaugural. <laughs> today was the I, I, I work on that. John, the answer to all of these questions you have is going to be no. No, no. no. Okay. Well, you might. Did you see what the Mets did today? No. No. Well, did you see not. what Major League Baseball did today? No. Did you see what happened at the Cubs game? Just, nope. I want to let you guys in on a little this. secret. Since this podcast started, I now know that the Mets are still a team in baseball. <laughs> and if you say, hey, remember 2010 <laughs> when when such and such was the second? Uh, no, I don't. Well, this isn't this isn't a Mets thing. This is a Major League Baseball thing. And yes, a Yankees thing to me, it's uh, – um, and today was the inaugural Lou Gehrig Day. I did. I did oh. actually see that. Yes. I saw something about that. I, I had no idea it. what it was about, though. Yeah. Today was the if I'd bothered to do any research for the show, I would have. This is that. also the first day of the year where the Colorado Rockies, thanks to the New York Mets, are not in last place. There you go. There you go. Thanks to the New York Mets. Well, they beat a couple of other teams, too. No, the, the Mets beat the Diamondbacks. So the oh, Rock, right, right. The Mets beat yeah, the Rock, yeah, Rockies. Right. jumped up ahead right. of them now. Gotcha. It was nothing the Rockies did. It was just, it was just the fact that Arizona <laughs> lost. Right, the Rockies, are, uh, are they playing or are they <laughs> idle? Uh, I think they're playing. But they probably haven't started yet if they're at home. So they're they yeah they're playing Texas today, yeah. Uh, so or tonight yeah. at some point later. Yeah. Um. In fact, they got it right. Six forty p.m. So ten minutes. They're they're playing in ten minutes. They're here in Denver. Yeah. There you go. Um. Yeah. And then the other thing too. I don't know if you saw this. That there's a lawsuit about to happen that's being filed. Um. A small business uh, advocacy organization in Atlanta. Um, is filing a lawsuit against Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred and some other, a couple other people for $100 million for them pulling the All-Star game out of Atlanta. I saw that. I, and then obviously, that's been on the local uh, you know, Denver news here. Right, yeah, exactly. They're demanding they put they, they for move me. it back to Atlanta or they're going to file a lawsuit for $100 million. That's right. Um, because that's what they figure. Rudy, Gili- Rudy Giuliani is their attorney. <laughs> Well, it's based on the calculations of how much the small businesses in Atlanta sure. lost based on them moving the uh, and and everything. The small businesses, well, but, lost the, and, uh, but the game hasn't happened yet, so this is they haven't lost anything. They haven't lost anything yet because nobody else gained anything. So, but uh, yeah, so that was it was filed. But what are you going to do? I digress. I don't know. Hundred million. That doesn't seem much. How? how well, they said, that, they said how? places make that. Uh, towns make anywhere from, I, I think it was like $39 million to $190 million, I think was the range. No, but so isn't baseball just, like a $3 billion a year industry or something like that? A year, yeah, but this is just for the... And, base, and baseball is a private is a private company that has a right to do whatever the hell they so choose. True story. Yeah. True well, story. I'm just saying every team could kick in like $3 million and every go, team here you go. $3 million and here's your money. Go. Here That's you right. go. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> We're baseball, and you're not getting the game back. Right, yeah. I, I do want to go see the home run derby if I can get in. That would be great. There you go. There you go. You could do that. You get a crate and go stand by the fence. By, by the way, Clint Frazier is on a tear because he just singled the center and two, and uh, drove in two runs. So, so the Yankees have scored four runs, and wow, it's the bottom of the fourth inning. There you go. Bottom of the fourth. 4-1 Yankees over the Rays. Amazing. Um. Yeah. That's uh, that's pretty much the uh, just looking around the league too. I mean, the uh, the Giants continue to impress out in the West for the National League. Who would have thought that, right? It's amazing, <laughs> it really is. 
Um, I mean, they're only one game up on the Padres. But yeah, but, but everybody predicted the Padres to be where they're at. Exactly. Here, you know, I, I was going to say, here's here's where the offense is, which is the National League West, but it's not really. Because I was looking at the run differential. Right. Uh, the Mets are plus six. <laughs> six right. games over, plus six. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miami is plus six. They're five games under. Right. You know, Cubs plus 38. Mm-hmm. The only, there's only one other team that St. Louis is plus one in the central. Everybody else is below yeah. underwater. San Francisco plus sixty two, San Diego plus seventy five, the Dodgers plus seventy two. Yeah, <laughs> but if you look at the runs scored, now the Mets particularly anemic, one hundred seventy nine. Mm-hmm. But the Braves two fifty four, the Cubs two fifty five, San Francisco two sixty two, two sixty eight, Dodgers two eighty four. Mm-hmm. So. You know, really, even San Diego and San Francisco, close to you know, let's say the Cubs or, you know, within twenty five runs of St. Sure. Louis. Sure, sure. But they've just their defense is so much better. Yeah. What does that tell you about the Mets, though? Well, first of all, remember it tells, you, it tells you their pitches. But look, the Yankees have have the least amount of runs in the American League East. By you know, they have two less than Boston and and sixty or seventy less than everybody else. Right. But they've also. Right. Nobody's they have they've given up under two hundred runs, so they're still right. plus ten. Absolutely. So well, that, they, that, that's my point is that it, it had you know if the Yankees were even in the two forties or two fifties where they should be right now, right. Uh, they probably have another four or five wins. Now, yeah. Keep in mind, yeah, the, yeah. Mets, the Mets have the lowest amount of runs scored in the yeah, entire 173. league. Yeah, one seventy three. Yeah, that's in the like, entire league. That, that's video game stuff. Well, they yeah, have, they, Boston's they, plus but they 41. also but they're also they've also played thirty games less than everybody else because of all the yeah. Yeah, uh, postponements, right. and, but they've and only given up 173 runs. Right, but then is... you look at Oakland, who's seven games over and f- minus five. It, look, can, can we can we can we at least at this sense. year's American League All Star Game can we just give an award to the Oakland A's because they are perennially really good, and I'm not sure even diehard baseball fans can name somebody on the Oakland A's. Uh, yeah. Um... That Mercedes guy. Mercedes guy. Yeah. yeah. Him. Yeah. <laughs> Jump on that one. Mercedes um, Cespedes, isn't it? There you go. Well, that's the, that's the other thing, too. I mean, they're, you, you said they're, they're minus five, but they're seven games over. Did they have a couple of huge blowouts? You know? I mean, was I... I they I must mean, have had a few. I'm just, yeah, they must have had a few. That's crazy. Um, I mean, Mark, Mark, Mark Kana, who's, you know, I mean, yeah, I think... He, he, He's he's hitting three eighty. I'm sorry. He's he's got thirty six RBIs, mm-hmm. fifty hits already, fourteen home runs. It's just, but it, you know, it, they're not lighting it up average wise. They're just they know how to play baseball. Right, right. Um, and the White Sox are going on a tear too. They're plus seventy nine. That's they are. That's amazing. But anyway, um, yeah, that's uh, that's all. You know. That's all I got for baseball today. Uh, I think that's Pete, enough. I think it yeah. is. I think that means we should uh, go to our uh, top uh, 10 list. What do you think? Yeah. Let's go to our top 10 list. Our top 10 list this week is top 10 left fielders in Major League Baseball history. Top 10 left fielders in Major League Baseball history. Um, in true get on with it uh, podcast fashion, 
we have 13 <laughs> for and for not all of them are left fielders and and, 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 and <laughs> they are today a few of them are catchers some didn't even play baseball but they're on our list so. <laughs> that's right yeah i don't know how kurt gowdy made it onto this list <laughs> but, uh, so uh we even put we and he's put, not even 13 <laughs> <He's not, laughs> exactly well, i thought it was top 10 leftists oh gotcha <laughs> all right <laughs> I was wondering why you had him listed. Are you telling me that uh, Jay Rivera was, <laughs> That's was right. not a left fielder for the Padres? Well, I had Mark Swan and Rivera. You know, I, I just you know I had Bernie Sanders as the old balls. Bernie so. Sanders was old balls tonight. <laughs> Well, that's true. He's old balls every night. I think that's actually that's actually true. He's just not in baseball. There you, go. Right. There you go. All right, so. Top 10 left fielders in Major League Baseball history. We'll start it off with, uh, we have a tie for 10th. We'll start it off with number 10, Jim Rice, James Edward Rice, to be exact. Jim Ed is his nickname. Um, Eight-time All-Star. AL MVP one winner in 1978. Two-time Silver Slugger Award winner. Three-time American League Home Run Leader. Two-time American League RBI Leader. His Boston Red Sox number 14 is retired. He's in the Boston Red Sox Hall of Fame, and, of course, he is in Cooperstown. Lifetime batting average, 298, 2,452 hits, 382 home runs, and 1,451 RBIs. What do you think, Harry? I, I think the Red Sox are the, have the best left fielders. I mean, if you, you had to say which team has <laughs> – I think they have three on this list. There's three uh, on this list, yeah. Or four. One, two, three, four, yeah. Four. I mean, left field is owned, and it's an odd left field, but it's, it seems to be owned by by the Red Sox. Jim Rice was a great player. I mean, you know, in the in the days when he played it with the, with the Yankees Red Sox rivalry, which was a big thing back then, mm-hmm. he was always my favorite Red Sox. He he just seemed like he was the their best player on a team full of really good players. Oh, yeah, he was consistently clutch. He didn't really say much. It doesn't seem like you know. They had a weird. They they had some weird teams back then, but he was he was one of the best players in baseball, and I think probably the best left fielder of the seventies. Um, when you when you think about it, um, un- unfortunately, he never you know really got broke through in with those Red Sox teams to make it to the World Series. So, but um, it, I I felt he deserved to be on this list, and he's. He's, he was a good defensive left fielder. Obviously, playing off the the Green Monster is not easy. And, you know, 300 lifetime hitter, and he did it for a long time. Yes, he did. That's for sure. Yeah, he, I mean, he just – he was he – was, he would have been not my number 11. Um, and, he, was, uh, he was quiet. I mean, he, he, he yeah. kinda, he's kind of the his forgotten – he's kind of the forgotten Red Sox star. Right. Yeah, and, and his numbers don't really – don't really belie the impact he had. I mean, they're, not that they're bad. I mean, he was a 300 header and you know, 20, 2,400 hits and uh, just shy of a little shy of 400 home runs. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're excellent numbers, um, but he was much bigger than those numbers. He was feared. Yeah, yeah. he was the guy yeah. you did not want to face. And, and I'm not sure. He, always... I'm, I'm not sure he had the 20 or 21 year career. I mean, I think he did have some injuries there, which. I don't know how many years he played, but I'm guessing, uh, 16, I'm guessing he played 16 years. Years. sixteen years. Sixteen years. Yeah. I mean, his look his his 162 game average is uh, 298, 352, 502 for slugging. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, 30 home runs, 113 RBIs. He did play uh, the bulk of that in an era where hitting, you know, averages were down, uh, pitching was dominant. 
So, I mean, you know, he, 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 and, was, and, he was bigger than his numbers. With that and opinion. they were playing how many games a year against right. some really great Yankee really teams. Great teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, good or, and good Oriole teams. And yeah, the Orioles Roy- were good then. Yeah, and the Royals and the Angels. And, I mean, yeah. the American there, – there was a lot of really good competition, especially in the East. Yeah. You know, this was – Prior to the to the to the Toronto Blue Jays, I mean, it was basically what just the Yankees, Red Sox, Orioles, and well, yeah, no, it was prior to the reorg. There was no Central then, so it was just East yeah. and West. So you had the yep. Roy- you had the you had the uh, Royals. No, the Royals, the Royals, were, in the Royals were in the West. Um, you had the the Tigers were in there. Tigers, the, that's right. Um, uh, the White Sox, the uh, right. um, yeah, uh, the others, yeah. And you had a, and you had a win. To get in, you had to, you know you you had to win, <laughs> right? To to play in the pennant, and then you know so you, it, it was tough. It was tough. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, there you go. Number ten, tied for number ten, Jim Rice. So move on to our other number ten, tied for number ten, Mister Goose Goslin, uh, Leon Allen Goose Goslin to be exact, played for the Senators, uh, the Browns. The Senators became the Twins, and the Browns became the Orioles. So, played for the Senators, the Browns, Senators again, the Tigers, and finished up his career with the Senators. So, there you go. Uh, he was an all-star one year in 1936, two-time World Series champion uh, in uh, 24 and 35. Um, both of them, well, one, one with the Senators and one with the Tigers. And uh, AL batting champion in 28, AL RBI leader in 24. He's in the Washington Nationals ring of honor. I like how the Washington Nationals, this is the second one. We had that l- this last week, too. The Washington Nationals have assumed the uh, uh, Washington Senators. The Washington, Sen- Washington Senators history as opposed to giving it to the Twins. That's right. It's right. like the Oklahoma right. City Thunder assuming the, uh, you know, uh, right. the Seattle Supersonics. Right. And the, and the Browns got their history back from the Ravens, and the Ravens are just like – Right. Cut off and start when they move. <laughs> so anyway, he's yeah, they didn't the, exist before they moved. They didn't exist before they moved. <laughs> exactly. Um, he's in he's in Cooperstown, of course, having been uh, inducted in 1968. Lifetime batting average 316, 316. Yeah. Um, 2735 hits, 248 home runs, and 1612 RBIs. Goose Goslin. I personally, I would have put him on the closer list. You know, all those great years with the Yankees. I had yeah. no idea. He had a whole nother career yeah. as a left fielder. I didn't know there was more than one goose. <laughs> he didn't is have a left fielder's is, is, body, that's for sure. Is, is, is that a, does that make it a does that make it a gander? There you go. Goose. <laughs> or gaggle. What's good, what's gaggle. good for the goslin is good yeah. for the gossage. That's yeah, it was a gaggle. <laughs> yeah. Practically a gaggle of gooses in major league. Baseball. A, gaggle, a lot of goose. A lot of geese. geese. A lot of G's and O's. Geese. Oh geez. I think geese. if it's two, it's gooses. Goose. Don't quote me right? on that. Yeah. Uh, goose, probably not, right? I, I think I it's geese. I think it's a gaggle. It's a gaggle of geese. Gaggle of geese. Unless it's two, and then it's gooses. All right, <laughs> but that's not true. Not at all. But for now, but I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep saying it. Keep saying it. Why not? There you go. Anyway, yeah. So listen, those are pretty darn impressive numbers. An 18 year career. Yeah, 18 year career, and I'm shocked that he was only all star <laughs> once. I think back numbers, then. I think back know? then there was again. You know, uh, I just think there wasn't as many people chosen for all-star teams. The all-star game could have also started, you know, 
after he had already been in the league for a number of years. Sure. They didn't have the All Star game. <laughs> right, they started it. They started the All Star game. Uh, they they could have started the game. Yeah, when did when yeah. did it start? We'll have to look was, at that. Jimmy, get on in, that. I think it was in the fifties, was it not? Well, no, it would have been in the thirties. He was an All Star in nineteen thirty six, so it had okay, to be at least so. in the thirties. So. Yeah, okay. uh, but anyway, we'll check in on that and get back to you. Anyway, no. With no First one. Major League Baseball All-Star game was 1933. There you go. There you go. So he played for four he played for 13 seasons before uh before it uh well four, 12 seasons before it was uh There you go. There you go. Exactly. All right. So he definitely obviously would have had probably 10 or 12 more right. had the All-Star game started before that. So there right. you go. Number 10 tied for number 10, Goose Goslin. Let's move on to number 9. Number 9. Tied for number nine is Billy Williams. Billy D. Williams. No, Billy Leo Williams. So be Billy L. Williams to be exact. <laughs> Not hmm. Billy D. Billy L. It's his uh, brother. It's his brother. Yeah. Um, he was uh, on the Cubs and the uh, Oakland A's. Um, six-time All-Star. Uh, NL Rookie of the Year in 61. NL Batting Champion in 72. His number 26 on the Cubs is retired. He's in Cooperstown. Lifetime batting average 290. 2,711 hits. 426 home runs. And fourteen hundred and seventy-five RBI. So um, yeah, they're uh, Billy Williams, uh, not not to be confused with Billy Day. Yeah, whoever dug him up, good job. There you go. I don't think he. Hey, was on my, I don't think he was on my list, was he? I he didn't come across no, my he, radar. So yeah, yeah. He was, yeah well, uh, he's he's um, kind of uh, they say he's kind of overlooked because he you know never won a World Series or whatever. Right, a lot of people on our list today never won a World Series. That's in true. Fact, but in fact, I think this is the first list where the vast majority majority of did not didn't yeah. win one. Yeah. yeah, but that's one of the reasons they cite that he doesn't, you know, have as much notoriety, or yeah. you know, he wasn't on he wasn't on a World Series team. But right. listen, seventy two, he went three thirty three, three ninety eight, six oh six for the slug or for the uh, yeah for the slugging, <laughs> and the uh, ops just over a thousand. So and he went out to Oakland. He just missed, you know, being in uh, right. He missed those. Uh, yep. Fran- that that fran- the what's the word I'm looking for? Not franchise, but what's the word um, when you win dynasties? Dynasties. There, there you go. go. There yeah. you go. The word I was looking for was dynasty. He missed that dynasty. Those A's teams, man. Those they were pretty darn good. They were good. Somebody. They were good. Somebody needs to do. They had a good right field. They had a good right fielder there too, didn't they? The Jose teams. Back then he was a, back then he was a different player. He was. He was. <laughs> well, we'll talk about him when we get over. They right had a good field, left fielder so. too. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, there you go. Anyway, all right. So tied for number ten, Billy Williams. Also tied. It's not tied. Number ten, tied for number nine, Billy Williams. Also tied for number nine, Ed Delahanty. Eddie Dell. Eddie Edward James Delahanty. Big Ed. As he was known to his buddies, uh, played for the Quakers in uh, the late 1800s. Of course the, he did. The Philadelphia Quakers, the Cleveland Infants, he played for, That's and right. then then for the Phillies and the Senators. Uh, National League batting champion in uh, 1899. The Infants. I mean, if the, if there was still a team named the Infants, Infants today, then I think there would be some there would be some people up in arms. Probably. Yeah. Probably. You can't. You can't. Infants can't play baseball. What are you talking about? Um, two-time home run National League home run leader, uh, 1893 and 1896. Uh, three-time National League RBI leader and National League stolen bases leader in ni- 1898. That's and they never found they, they never found him either. He's, he's, he, hit, he hit them well. <laughs> he hit them very well. Uh, he hit four home runs in one game on July 13th, 
1896. He's on the Philadelphia Phillies Wall of Fame. Of course, he's in Cooperstown. Um, uh, lifetime batting average, 346. 346. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, 2,596 hits. 100, only 101 home runs. Uh, put the ball in play. He he liked to play. What's that called that they don't do anymore? Well, oh, baseball. Baseball. How, many, how many doubles did he have though? Uh, I mean, yeah. th- this is back when the stadiums were enormous. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, you were <laughs> yeah. you were. It was you, the you, outfield was was the outfield was like you, you had to hit the ball literally a quarter of a mile. Yeah, playing the, play the outfield wasn't easy. Yeah. Right. Uh, Fourteen hundred sixty-four RBIs, four hundred and fifty-five stolen bases. Yeah. Big Ed, Ed Delahanty. And 1902, 376, 453, 590, and uh, 1.043 for the ops. There you go. Those were all league best. Oh, no, uh, the batting average was the uh, American League best. American League. Everything else was league best. And he, and he batted 410, 410 in 1899. Yeah, his, his, not his bad. Pic- his picture here with it, too, is is he's wearing a, he's wearing a, uh, a tie with an overcoat. That's his... Uh... That's his picture. It's not well, a baseball uniform. So. He liked to uh, have the tie so he street could wipe his, wipe his hands down. Took, street clothes Davis took it. They didn't have rosin back then, so <laughs> he used the tie. Exactly. There you go. Anyway, also tied for number nine, Ed Delahanty. I think that's we went farther back for him than anybody else, right? He's the furthest. I think the furthest back we went. Uh, 18, oh, he, 18, he, 18, he ended his career in the very early 1900s. He played 19, until 86, where he was a, a journeyman <laughs> for the Seattle Mariners. He was 163 <laughs> years old. Like like Joe Lewis was 136 he was years part, old. He was part of the expansion <laughs> of the uh, Seattle Mariners. Exactly. And he hit 297 that year. So. He did. He did. He did. Uh, unfortunately, he, he stopped playing baseball because he passed away, actually. Yes. Um, uh, three, well, three years before that, but still. I know. Yeah. But uh, I see, he, he, I see led, where you went. I see where you went there. He led the league and hit by pitches. <laughs> yeah, he but was, his stolen bases were way, way down, way down, down, way down. Yeah, way down. Yeah. It was. Uh, he got picked off a lot too. He 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 died while he he was when he was swept over Niagara Falls in early July uh, 1903. He was apparently kicked off a train by the train's conductor for being drunk and disorderly. The train, the conductor said Delahanty was brandishing a straight razor and threatening passengers after he consumed five whiskeys. This is all alleged, folks. Um, anyway, after being kicked off the train, he made his way to the International Railway Bridge. And, uh, yeah, and the rest is unfortunate. There you go. Huh. That was, that's uh, how we met his demise. But amazing baseball numbers prior to that. So um, There you go. And four, uh, four of Delahanty's brothers... Frank, Jim, Joe, and Tom also played in the big leagues. There you go. So, so also tied for number nine, Ed Delahanty. Let's move on to oh, number yeah. eight. Number eight is none other than one of Radio Pete's favorite left fielders, Manny Ramirez. Manuel Aristides Ramirez Onelcida. I think I got it right, but I'm not trying it. I'm not trying it again. So there you go. Uh, played for the Cleveland Indians, the Boston Red Sox, the Los Angeles Dodgers, White Sox, and finished up his career with the Rays. 12-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion with the, uh, with the Sox in 04 and 07. Uh, World Series MVP in uh, 2004. Nine-time Silver Slugger Award, two-time uh, American League Hank Aaron Award, uh, American League Batting Champion in 02, American League Home Run Leader in 04. American League RBI leader in 99. He's in the Boston Red Sox Hall of Fame. Will he ever get to Cooperstown? That's a question. 
batting average, lifetime batting average, 312. Um, and, uh, and that's currently, that's not, and it's, that's more recent than the 300s back, you know, 100 years ago. Uh, yeah. 2,574 hits, uh, 555 home runs. And, and he hung around a while. 1,831 yeah. RBIs. Yeah, yeah he played for. 20 uh, years. He played for. Um, 19 yeah, almost years. 19 years. 19 seasons he played. Well, and didn't he play in uh, somewhere not in the U.S.? Yeah, he played for, uh, for the Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> <laughs> he played for like a South American team, or a, he played uh, for the Boston Red Sox. That's kind of in the U.S. Yeah, he kind. played. He played <laughs> in the. He played in the Oakland Athletics system in 2012. In 2013, he went to uh, he went to he, Japan uh, or something. Uh, Chinese Baseball League in Taiwan. Chinese, okay. There we yeah, go. the EDA Rhinos. He played for. Yeah. Um, Look, man, he was a great hitter. He was a charismatic player, charismatic Matic. player. He was he was a great figure for baseball. He, he was a lot of fun. I loved him, but he was a juicer. He was the Ron Artest with better stats of baseball. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I mean, I think he was one of those guys who had talent and obviously was doing good things before the the needle. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, he, he he used and he got like somebody else that might be or might not be on this list. Well, they're they're on the list, but they're a little farther down, maybe yeah. than uh, at least on my list. But uh, you know, that's that's kind of the mark against. So I think he got suspended twice, right? Yeah, for uh, illegal yeah. substances. And, so, it, and it's too bad because look, Manny it Ramirez, is too bad. Manny Ramirez is one of those guys who I never wanted to like, but but you know, as I remember, I remember actually rooting for the Red Sox the first year that they had a chance to to win the World Series. Second year, not so much. Second time, not so much. But. Manny Ramirez was was a hell of a baseball player, and I think, uh, unlike somebody else who's going to be on this list, I think Ramirez, the Ramirez, the, the the PEDs were more for overcoming injuries, which I'm not justifying it by any means. Doesn't make it right, but doesn't make it right. But I, I feel like him and Clemens, it was more about that. I don't really think it, I don't really think you saw a huge difference in his physique. He didn't. It wasn't like he didn't hit home runs. He was kind of a complete hitter. He wasn't just a power right. hitter. Right. Uh, he was always a horrible outfielder or, or just yeah. crazy. You never know, you know, what he was going to do. Um, but he was a clutch hitter and 21 you know, grand slams. With him, with him and Big Third all time. in the lineup, usually right next to each other in the mm-hmm. line. The top of that Red Sox lineup was just with you know, <laughs> disgusting. Many was a guy that Manny was a guy, if you were flipping through the channels, if even if you were not a Red Sox fan, even if the Red Sox were not playing the Yankees and you were a Yankees fan, and if you were flipping through and you hit that channel and the game was on and Manny was up, you stopped. Yeah. You stopped to watch and see what he would do. Right. He was that kind of a player. Yep. There you go. So, number eight, Manny Ramirez. Let's bring it to number seven. Number seven is Mr. Tim Raines. Timothy Reigns Sr., to be exact, nickname Rock. Uh, he was nicknamed Rock. He played for the Expos, the White Sox, of course, with the Yankees, won a couple World Series. Uh, the Oakland A's, back to the Expos, played with the Orioles, and finished his career off with the Marlins. Seven-time All-Star, uh, seven years straight, 81 through 87, uh, with the Expos, of course. Three-time World Series champion, uh, two times, obviously, with the Yankees. And uh, he won again in uh, as a um, uh, as a coach, I believe, right? Um, 
2000, yeah. Um, yeah. Silver, uh, Silver Slugger Award uh, in 86, uh, National League batting champion in 86, four-time National League stolen bases leader, and his Expos number 30 is retired. He is a member of Cooperstown, his lifetime batting average 294, 2,605 hits, 170 home runs, 980 RBIs, 808 stolen bases. Yeah. 808 stolen bases. And uh, yeah, and he uh, even he even managed to uh, even managed to manage the Newark Bears in 2011 too. So there you go. He's got yeah, that. Go. Yeah, he's got that stat as well. Yeah, not not the power numbers that we see from some of these other left fielders, but really good stuff everywhere else. Right, and you know, 800 stolen bases is outrageous. It's insane, <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, he um, was not 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 so much a basher, but. Good hitter, good all-around player, and I think very under underrated. I think people who watched him play or who were, you know, obviously a fan of the team that he was on and watched him for a couple of years that maybe he was there would right. certainly appreciate him. But not that much a, a known name amongst, you know, uh, Although great players Although those Montreal era. teams were pretty good at that time, and they did, you know, they, they seemed to – you know, be in the spotlight a little bit. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, during that time, so yeah. But you, you know, but, but with them moving, you know, being disbanded or you know, moving and and not existing anymore, you know, the, right. All that history kind of ceases to be right. talked about because yeah, because I mean, the Nationals are talking nothing, about the Senators' history; they're not talking about the Expos' history, right? And yeah. there's nothing to compare them to. Oh, this reminds me of the uh, Expos team back in you know whatever year. Right. Uh, none of that goes on because they just don't exist anymore. So exactly. Yeah, but I mean, when I when I think of the Montreal Expos, he's one of the top two or three names oh, sure. that come up. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, there were some very, very good players on. Pa- on Pedro those teams. was a great player on the Expos before. Uh, not very long, not as long as Reigns or Carter. Of course not, but yeah, yeah he yeah. was still good. Um, he won his third World Series, by the way, as a first base coach with the White Sox in 05. Mm-hmm. That's why he won his uh, third one. But um, yeah, just uh, just a, 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 amazing with the stolen bases. I mean, uh, great numbers elsewhere as well, but. Just the stolen bases. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Eight hundred and eight. He was a great fielder too, and he was, you know, he was, he was. There was something about those Expos teams where they were, they were just these kind of, the kind of class acts who played the game really well. I mean, you had mm-hmm. guys like Andre Dawson and uh, you know Tim Raines. Who was, there the was other? something very? Who was, the, uh, who was the other outfielder who went to um, Baltimore? I don't know. Uh, when Ken Singleton, oh Ken Singleton, and then you had you know then later on or a little bit later on, not too much later, you had Larry Parrish, who I think went to the White Sox after yep. that. Um, yeah, Andres Galarraga, who went to the Rockies. I mean, they 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 had some really good players. Yeah, he was yeah there was something almost um, dare I say Canadian about them. Yes, <laughs> you know what I mean. They were hard workers. They what Larry Walker. Yeah. Larry Walker, yeah, yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah just, just, it was professionals. All the oh, a lot, and, a lot and, of great and, players, and, and, and uh, Vladimir Guerrero. Yeah, which I don't really yeah. think of him. I think of him more as an angel. But I mean, I think when I think of the top expos, I think it's probably Gary Carter, Tim Raines, and Andre Dawson. That's who I think of. Yeah. I mean, that's their Mount Rushmore of the mm-hmm. Montreal Expos to me. We need a fourth. Well, true. We're gonna do Mount Rushmore. So. Oh, then we'll put we'll put a uh, Larry Parrish on there. There you go. Larry Parrish sounds good. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, 
It just uh, the, it, it's a shame that you don't hear more about the uh, the history of the Expos. Uh, I, that'd be nice if they could. They had one of the best logos. I, I love their uniforms. And and you could. I mean, if you happen to be anywhere near uh, um, Montreal too, whenever the Mets played uh, the Expos. It was very easy to get a ticket and very, very... Uh, <laughs> That's the problem. That's why the Montreal Expos do not exist anymore. The The French are not big baseball fans. Not so much. Uh, no. No. <laughs> so. Although, you know, now it's all about, oh, we want the team back. And right. No, they don't. I don't think they do, they but they don't every want couple them. of years we hear talk about, oh, maybe we'll expand it to Montreal. Yeah. Yeah, no, thanks. I think go. it's too small. To uh, well, listen, move one of the Florida teams up there. Yeah, it couldn't be any worse. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. All right. Number seven, Tim, Timothy Raines Sr. There you go. Number six, here's the throwback for you. Mr. Shoeless Joe Jackson. Joseph Jefferson Jackson, to be exact. Shoeless Joe was his, obviously, his nickname. He played for the Philadelphia Athletics, uh, the Cleveland Indians, and, of course, the Chicago White Sox. Um, he's a World Series champion in 1917. He's in the Cleveland Indians Hall of Fame. And uh, his, uh, of, of course, he's not in Cooperstown, and we obviously all know why. Um, but his uh, career batting average, 356. 356 is his career batting average. 1,772 hits, only 54 home runs, and 785 RBIs. Well, his career was cut dramatically short. His didn't, career was cut, yeah. Didn't he miss time, time for both war and for betting? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, he only played 12 seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Uh, all wait, no nine for the Athletics. Uh, 1910 to 15 for the uh, Indians, and then 15 to 20 for the for the White Sox. Um, that was it. And then he, uh, you know, why was his why was his nickname Shoeless? His nickname was Shoeless because of an interview published in the October 1949 edition of Sports. Uh, magazine Jackson recalls him getting his nickname during a mill game played in Greenville, South Carolina. He had blisters on his foot from a new pair of cleats, which hurt so much that he took his shoes off before he went, before he was at bat. As playing continued, a heckling fan noticed Jackson running to third base in his socks and shouted, you shoeless son of a gun, you, resulting in the nickname Shoeless Joe. Shoeless Joe. There you go. Shoeless yeah, Joe's yeah. better than shoeless son of a bitch. Well, yeah. <laughs> Especially back then, I don't think you'd get away with it. Right. Okay. Well, he's a son of a gun, but, you know. Well, he, but, look, shoeless Joe didn't have the numbers, right? He didn't have a right. few more years. And, but yeah, I kind of extrapolated his numbers out, then he would have had the numbers. He was yeah. just a mm-hmm. phenomenal player. Uh, who was it that uh, called his glove where triples go to die? Uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that was uh, Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> Teddy, <laughs> maybe uh, I don't know. Teddy ball game. Maybe? Carry carry a big uh, carry a big uh, right. glove where triples go to die. There you go. That's right. Yeah. Or was, uh, yeah. was it was, was it Sammy Hagar? I can't quite remember. Could have been. Yeah, maybe. Been. Yeah, Shoeless Joe is just a phenomenal player. There you go. You got you know, and and listen, if you you know, depending on what version of the you know the the scandal you. Mm-hmm. you read about or whatever he just he really didn't know what was going on and he and uh you know he, he wasn't actively trying to game the system he's just kind of a i think he a need, rube exactly. i think he needed johnny cochran as his lawyer and ironically he looked a lot like ray Liotta too it was just yeah that was the most yeah, amazing thing it was, it was something mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really something 
So um, anyway, any of you that don't get that reference, uh, watch a movie. There you go. So we'll leave it at that. <laughs> watch, Number, watch it. Watch an old shitty movie. Watch it. No, it's not a shitty movie. It's a good movie. It's okay. It's a good movie. So anyway. Number six, Shoeless Joe Jackson. That brings us to number five. We got a tie for number five. Uh, first of the tied number fives is Al Simmons. Uh, Al Aloysius Harry Simmons. Uh, he was born uh, Alois Zemansky, and his nickname. His, his say that Al. three times fast. <laughs> but you can call him Al. You can call him Al. Yeah, exactly. Al Simmons and his nickname Bucketfoot Al. Bucketfoot Al. There you go. He played for the Not to be confused with Buckethead. Not to not, not to be confused with Buckethead. No, Bucketfoot Al. Uh played for the Philadelphia A's, the Chicago White Sox, the Tigers, the Senators, the Braves, the Boston Braves. Um the Cincinnati Reds, back to the Athletics, to the Red Sox and then back to the Athletics again to round up his career. Played 21 seasons. Three-time All-Star Two-time World Series champion, two-time American League batting champion, American League RBI leader in 29, Philadelphia Baseball Walk of Fame. He's in Cooperstown. Lifetime batting average, 334. Um, 2,927 2, hits, just shy of 3,000. 307 home runs and 1,828 RBI. Aloysius Harry Simmons. All right. Al Simmons. Al Simmons. Number Al Simmons. This is kind of one of those guys who say, oh, you know, baseball, if you... If you hit the ball one out of three times, you're you know you're a god, right? Well, right. This is one of those guys. Three thirty-four. There it is, right there. There it is, right there. Number five, tied for number five, Al Simmons. Also tied for number five, Mister Ricky Henderson. You thought Al Simmons played for a lot of teams? Uh, Ricky yep. Ricky Nelson Henley Henderson, nicknamed Man of Steel, played for even more. He played for the Oakland A's. <laughs> The New York Yankees, back to the Oakland A's. The uh, Toronto Blue Jays, back to the Oakland A's. The San Diego Padres, the Anaheim Angels, back to the Oakland A's. The New York Mets, the Seattle Mariners, the San Diego Padres, the Boston Red Sox, and finished his career up with the Los Angeles Dodgers. He played for uh, 25 seasons? 25 seasons. Yep. 25 seasons. He was a 10-time All-Star, a two-time World Series champion, uh, American League MVP in 1990, ALCS MVP in 89, Gold Glove Award in 81, three-time Silver Slugger Award winner, 12-time American League stolen bases leader. That's what he's known for, right? Ricky Henderson, stolen bases. Uh, his Oakland A's number 24 is retired. He's in the Athletics Hall of Fame. He's in Cooperstown. Um, he's got four MLB records, 1,406 career stolen bases, 2,295 career runs. 81 career leadoff home runs and 130 stolen bases in a single season. Game. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. So there he is, Ricky, Ricky Henderson. Uh, and, of course, Met fans remember him best of playing uh, cards in the uh, clubhouse while the Mets were losing the NLCS to the... Yeah, the Mets seem to have a lot of memories <laughs> of great players that were doing some dumbass thing while they were on the Mets. Isn't, that's really their legacy, isn't it? I think Ricky had some some rough years there. Maybe Ricky wasn't... head wasn't as clear as, <laughs> as, as, it, was, should, as it was. should have yeah. been. But yeah, he, uh, he was a character. That's he for was. sure. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's a testament to putting up numbers over time, but he was also very, very good. 
to have all those stolen base. And he was one of the first guys, I, I think last week, or I was talking about, you know, when guys were uh, cut versus when guys were not mostly cut in baseball. You know, they were strong, but they weren't. Ricky was one of the first guys who was cut. And he was just like a little ball of muscle. He was. <laughs> but, he, but you know, fleet of foot. You know, not, not heavy. Uh, oh, no. Anyway. He flew. He flew around those bases. 130, yeah. 130 stolen bases in a single season. Can you imagine the toll that would take on your body? Because oh, he wasn't sliding in feet first. No. No. <laughs> no. Oh, he I don't think. So, yeah. I mean, just to, to do that and then even to. He was a really you know, good player. He did it for a long time. It went on, I think, and played in the minor leagues and even after his major league career was over. Yeah, I think he played for Newark and yeah. uh, might have played for the Long Island Ducks. He, he's, he's, he knew how to score runs. That was a decent, you know, defensive player. Uh, could play kind of all four outfield positions. Mm-hmm. And uh, knew how to get on base. He was, you know, he was probably the he's probably the hardest base runner, uh, you know, since Pete Rose. I mean, he just he, he was he was kind of a throwback. He was his own deal. Really, Tim Raines is probably the only person that comes close to being Ricky Henderson like. But Henderson right. was even more scrappy. I mean, he just he was so fast and such a uh, had so much speed that he had a lot of garbage infield hits. That he then turned into two stolen bases and then would score on a you know a ground out to second. I mean he he was just that good of a base runner. Yeah, he was. He was a co- He did coach a little bit after too with the Mets. Yeah. Uh, in fact, they uh, he's credited uh, his impact was noticeable on Jose Reyes because uh, he worked with him in two thousand six and two thousand seven. But... By the way, do you guys know who's number two in leadoff home runs? Who is number two in leadoff home runs? Please tell us. Uh, he's a Yankee. Derek, Derek Jeter. Nope. <laughs> uh, Soriano. Really? Fifty-four. Jeter hit second most of his career. Alfonso yeah. Soriano. Alfonso Soriano. Soriano. In fact, he holds the record for the most in a, in a single season with thirteen. He was a good player. He kind of his first two good. years were phenomenal. Right? Was he was a great player. Wasn't he like an 80-80 home run stolen base guy in those mm-hmm. first couple of years? Yeah. He was he incredible. Was, there's what, like three other players that have done that in yeah. major league history or something outrageous. And a good defensive player. I mean, he was he was a good a good player. He just yeah, yeah he was protected by the lineup. Yeah, he was a system. He was a system. He was a system's leadoff guy. He went. Where did he? Where did he go to? When he left the Mets, the right? Didn't he go to the Mets? Who's that? Soriano. Did Sor- he go Sor- to the Mets? No, no, no. He Never hit forty home runs in a season. West. How did he play for? Uh, I'll have to look. Maybe Jimmy, get on it. The Mariners? I want to say oh, the Seattle. Rangers. Rangers. He went to the Rangers. Oh, oh Texas. Yeah. He came back to the Yankees. So. Well, he had a couple of good years with the Rangers, but nothing like what he did with the Yankees. I mean, he had, he had over 2,000 hits, 1100, almost 1,200 RBIs, and 412, he, 412 home runs for all. Yeah, yeah he actually was on a couple of uh, like top. 20, I think, or top 15 second baseman lists that yeah. added up. Oh, yeah. That, no, he, uh, that I went through. He would have, he, he was so. definitely on there. He's like certainly, he's certainly 15, up there. As far as Yankee second yeah. baseman. You have to, right? Would you put him in, probably put him in the top five, right? Well, yeah. I mean, he played for the Yankees for what, four years. So, right. I, but they were really productive years. They were. I mean, he, he's kind of, he's kind of a Robbie Cano type player. You know, I, I think Cano is better. 
uh, overall than Soriano. But yeah, I put Soriano right up there. But you yeah. know, he's not Maz, you know, Frankie or uh, or Willie Randolph type uh, second. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. But he's probably borderline, you know, top five Yankees of all time. I mean, had he played three or four more years, he probably would be, you know, right up there in the top three. Right. John and Donovan of course, said we, Cubs. Did he go to the Cubs too? Was he on the Cubs? Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, he played for the Cubs for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and of course, when you're talking about the Yankees, you know, you've got, <laughs> you know, a handful of players at every position who are all-time greats. Right. 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 And even so, and some uh, and some that you forget about. But, you know. Right. He, right. He, he was a really interesting player. He had, he had power. He had speed. Um, he was pretty. He was kind of one of those early versatile guys where he didn't play second base all the time. You know, he kind of was all over the place, mostly at second. But he, um, yeah, I don't know why the Yankees ever got rid of him. I can't remember. Uh, who knows? Was, Money, he, part, was, he, part of, was he part of the A Rod trade? Maybe it's something to do. Maybe I don't know. I think, uh, I think that was to, it. Well, if he went, oh yeah yeah, yeah. Dangerous, you know what went down to Texas yeah I think, I think he was part of the A Rod trade yes he was yeah. because I remember I was on the radio and I had a huge fight with my partner about A Rod not being worth Soriano and he was a Yankee he, my partner Jay was a Yankee fan and I said there's no way A Rod who at that time was right driving in 140 runs a year uh, you know in the in the midst of the the, the, or, or at least coming off the, the steroid years, and I said there was no way A Rod was worth Soriano and like a player to be named later. Right. And we had this huge argument on the year, and he was talking about you know Soriano and the forty eighty eighty man and all that stuff. But speaking of Soriano, John Donovan said he struck out a lot. He was ahead of his time. Yeah, there we go. He did, and and and, <laughs> and, it's, and he went to Texas, and his numbers tailed off dramatically. Yeah, sure, yeah. Well, he wanted to be a system guy. He was a system guy. There you well, go. I mean, it, you know, Ricky Henderson just wrote, and he he doesn't mind us using his time for Alfonso Soriano talk. That's Ricky, right, but... you were better than him. <laughs> Shut up, Ricky. You're number, you're lucky you're this high on the list. <laughs> uh, also tied for number five, Ricky Henderson. All right, that moves us. That gets us to the top four. Number four is another one of Radio Pete's favorite left fielders on his list, Mister Barry Bonds. And uh, let's put it this way. Barry Lamar Bonds. Barry Bonds. There you go. Um, he played 22 seasons. He played for the Pirates and the Giants. Uh, he 14-time All-Star, 7-time NL MVP, 7-time National League MVP, 8-time Gold Glove Award winner, 12-time Silver Slugger Award winner, Silver Slugger Award winner. I could say that fast. 3-time yeah. um, National League Hank Aaron Award winner. Two-time National League batting champion, two-time National League home run leader, National League RBI leader in 93. His number 25 is retired with the Giants. He's on the Giants' wall of fame. Here are his Major League Baseball records. Of course, we know there's six of them. Of course, we know the first one, 762 career home runs, 73 home runs in a single season, uh, 2,558 career bases uh, on balls, career walks, um, 232 Walks in a single season, uh, 609 on base percentage in a single season, and 800, 863, 863 slugging percentage in a single season. Um, career batting average 298, 762 home runs, as we previously said, just missed 3,000 hits, 2935. Uh, 1996 just missed 2,000 RBIs, uh, 1,996. And 514 stolen bases 
which is not too shabby for a power hitter. When he came into the league, he was he was like Reggie Jackson was. Oh, sure. I mean, he was he was a speed guy. Sure. He's the only baseball player who is, whose neck size and head size grew seven sizes yeah. during his career. Sure. I mean, if there's anybody... He basically it, had two careers. Yeah, what he, had. he had two careers. And, and look, I mean, it was obvious the impact that the steroids had, I think, on Bonds. His body transformed into something that was completely different than when he came into the league. Yeah. And then the, his numbers are incredible. I mean, he is one of those guys when you look back on it. But I, did you ever really get the sense when he was playing that, you know, I, I never said, oh, I'm looking at the next Babe Ruth or, oh, we're watching history here. There was just something always about him that, he, and, and look, this is a comparison, and the guy I'm going to compare him to in basketball, I like a lot better than I liked Bonds. He's kind of the Russell Westbrook of baseball. Okay. You know, I mean, his numbers year after year, game after game were always just incredible, but he never, you just knew he was never going to win a championship. You just knew it. There was just something about Bonds. I can't quite really put my finger on it. And when he broke the home run record, I was just like, whatever. You know, it, it, there was just... Out of all of these guys, I, I, he seemed to be the most tainted. It, it did, I didn't have this re reaction to A-Rod. I didn't have this reaction to Manny Ramirez. Or, or, you know, it, was, it, was, it seemed like it was Bonds, McGuire, and Sosa that just you just saw the difference in, in their games. And they were incredible power hitters. Mm -hmm. But I think in, in some ways, Bonds, he's the one guy where I go, I don't know where his numbers would be if, if it wasn't for the drugs. Right. You just don't know. You'd you know. know they'd still be good, though. They'd still be I great. Mean, be I, great. Think, I, I, I think they, they wouldn't be the way they different. are, but they would I, still be really good. No, they would I think still be... they would be different because he was I, – I think he might have hit 20 points higher in average. I think he might have continued to be a guy who could steal bases and hit more doubles and probably would have still had the power because he did when he came into the league. He was a phenomenon. He was similar to what Ken Griffey Jr. was coming into to the league. He was right. that type of player. Yeah. Um <laughs> But you know he's Barry Bonds, and uh, he his personality personality certain didn't help. Right. There was an attitude about him, and just all the denial. And I mean, it just it was so ridiculous that it was it was he was just extremely unlikable. Yeah, John Donovan said he's go. impossible to relate to. He's a complete jerk. Yeah. Well. So tell us what you really think, John. <laughs> Don't hold back, John. Let us know. <laughs> he was number nine on my list, John. There you yeah. go. He he said he would have made the Hall of Fame without steroids. He was super talented. That's that's what I mean, yeah. and that's why I had him. I as, think he would have. I look, agree. It, it, I don't. I don't disagree with any of that. If he didn't do steroids and he naturally changed his body the way it was, and he put up the numbers that he did, he would be number one on this list. Yeah. 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 Because they're just that staggering. Or or even if his look, even if he didn't take the steroids and his numbers just kind of continued along, maybe tapered off a little bit later in his career, but kind of stayed similar to what they were early. Mm -hmm. He'd be really close to number one. I mean, he, really he, was, he was a phenomenal player. And I think that's one of the things about the steroids is there's like an almost an element of greediness. You're already such a great player, and you're going to be one of the all-time greats unless yeah. your career gets cut short by injury or something. Well, but that, you know, like that that overwhelming necessity, that need to, you know, 
not just break the home run record, but smash it or whatever. I, well, the, the score, I, 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 just, I, I don't know. There was just something so distasteful about, about it. Right. I think he cared about that more than he cared about anything else. Well, he did. Yeah. He just like he got jealous of Mark McGuire. Said, "I'm going to do what he did." Yeah, yeah. and there was just it was something to me so distasteful about it. Right. It yeah. just you know, he's unlikable. Number four. Number four. Number one. Number one in your hearts. Barry Bonds. Barry Lamar Bonds. All right. What a joke. Let's move on to number three. Number three is known to his friends as Yaz. Carl Michael Yastrzemski. Carl Yastrzemski. Another Red Sox. Another Red Sox. Played his his entire career for the Red Sox as well. Played uh, 23 seasons. 15, 15 of them where it looked like he had two broken legs playing the outfield. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, 18-time All-Star. Uh, AL uh, MVP in 67. Triple Crown he won in 67 as well. Seven-time Gold Glove Award winner. Uh, three-time American League batting champion. American League home run leader in 67. American League RBI leader in 67. 67 was a good year for Carl. It uh, really was. His number eight was retired by the Red Sox. He's in the Red Sox Hall of Fame. Of course, he's in Cooperstown. Lifetime, 285 batting average, 3,419 hits, 452 home runs, and just a little shy of 2,000 RBIs, 1,844. Carl Michael Yastrzemski. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- this continues on the whole, you know, Red Sox have a, 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 a lot of great uh, left fielders in their history. Uh, you know, yes, they do. Really, yeah. Do. Here's some numbers. I don't. What What is the difference between an at bat and a plate appearance? Well, if if you there are certain plate appearances which don't count as an at bat because you're, uh, let's okay. say you're at, let's say you're at bat and somebody's thrown out at second <laughs> base and that ends the inning and it ends the inning. Then that's a you know. And do do balls do walks count as an at bat? I don't think they yeah. do. Uh, at bat, yeah, they do. Yeah, no, they do. Of, yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, because it doesn't. No, maybe not. No, a walk does well, not ca- count as an at bat. So it's because I'm looking at his numbers. He had he had just shy of fourteen thousand plate appearances, thirteen nine ninety two and eleven thousand nine hundred eighty eight at bats. So almost yeah. two thousand less. So yeah, the walks the walks don't count, count. Because, because if you walk, it doesn't go against your batting average. So it, right. it, an, an at oh, bat, okay. an at bat has to be something right. that you, impacts your batting. You come average. To, if you come to if you come to the plate five times right. in a in a game right. and you you strike out three times and walk two, you're only over three. If you're walk if you're walked intentionally walked or if if something else happens on the field where your where your at bat is not brought to completion. Mm-hmm. Then those do not count. There's a plate appearance, but not an at bat. Right. All right. Well, I'll just throw these numbers at you because these are the ones that stuck out to me. Okay. Is all right. So it's thirteen thousand nine hundred ninety-two plate appearances, thirteen hundred ninety-three strikeouts. So basically, one out of every ten. Ten. A little less than one out of every ten. <laughs> yeah, he was which, a free swinger. Yeah, which is you know pretty amazing. Absolutely. <laughs> Certainly by today's numbers. Exactly. Exactly. It's, uh, you know, and, and, and a lot of that happened back then, too. I mean, there was there was obviously we've talked about this and, and everybody else has over and over and over again. There was just so there were just so many strikeouts. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, for a guy who had 450 home runs, yeah. it was the era too. I got that little. If you look at the, you know, towards the middle to the latter part of Yastrzemski's career, you had a lot of guys who were, you know, the MVPs, all stars, whatever the case might be, there, there was a, there was a higher rate of strikeouts. 
I mean, there was great pitching during the heart of Yastrzemski's career. Mm-hmm. You know, this is true, very true. Number so that'll uh, yeah, <laughs> that's that's the third Red Sox on our list. Number three, <laughs> Yaz Carl. This Yastrzemski. is all time great Red Sox left fielder. Uh, apparently, apparently yeah. top ten. There you go. So let's move on to number two. Number two is another controversial fellow, if you will, Mr. Pete Rose. Peter Man. Edward Rose Sr. Charlie Hustle. I don't think he's controversial. Oh, well, he's controversial Controversial when it comes to the Hall of Fame. Other it. than that, I know, nah. I know. Play for the Reds, the Phillies, the Expos, and the Reds again. And he managed the Reds for six years. And played every well. position except what? Shortstop? And he played, and, and he, uh, yeah, and he, he, he played, <clears throat> he played for the uh, Red Sox, not Red Sox, the Reds from uh, uh, his second stint with the Reds from 84 to 86, and he managed uh, all those years as well. Yeah. So I guess you could say he is the last player manager right? Uh, at that point because that's the mid-'80s right there. Yeah. 17-time All-Star. Uh, 17-time All-Star. I'll just repeat that. Yeah. Uh, three-time World Series champion, uh, National League MVP in 73, World Series MVP in 75, National League Rookie of the Year in 63, Two-time Gold Glove Award winner, Silver Slugger Award in 81, Roberto Clemente Award in 76, uh, three-time National ba- National League batting champion. Uh, his number 14 with the Reds is retired. He's in the Reds Hall of Fame. Uh, he's the on the Major League Baseball All-Century team. Here's five Major League Baseball records that this man holds. 4,256 career hits, 3,215 career singles, 3,562 career games played, 14,053 career at-bats, and 15,890 career plate appearances. His career batting average, 303. Uh, Again, we talked uh, 4,256 hits, 160 home runs, 1,314 RBIs, and uh, his managerial record wasn't too shabby either, 412 and 373. He's a 525 winning percentage that ain't bad not at all not i mean shabby. look at th- i think pete rose has his reputation was tarnished and now i think he's kind of forgotten a little bit mm-hmm. just due to time yeah time if you, listen I, if you I, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure if you're starting an all t- an all time an, an all-time baseball team i'm not sure you can't put pete rose on there i mean I would put him in the I think top. you have to. You as have long to. as you're not having that all-time baseball team playing Cooperstown, then you can put Pete Rose on there. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, it's he's – yeah. I mean, I think he's one of those guys who's – to me, he's definitely a top 10 baseball player of all time. Yeah, he really is. He really yeah. is. I mean, he's unbelievable. Yeah. It's, and, it's, and, and he did it. He did it for a long time, and it wasn't like, you know, oh, he was – you know, DHing. I mean, he yes, he played first base, but he was still an intense guy, and, and I'm kind of the heart and soul of those that that Phillies team that won, you know, the World Series. Yeah, they had bigger names at the time, Schmidt and, and others, but he showed up. Mm-hmm. He showed up, and and his postseason numbers are really good. Yeah, yeah, they definitely are. Yeah, and he played in a lot of postseason games. He did. He, he played in uh, and, and, uh, many and in that, postseason games. And in that era, you had to win, you know, your division to, to get in. So it one wasn't point. it wasn't like you had five five layers of uh, uh, exactly. Of, there of, were no uh, no playoffs. wild cards. No, you you won your uh, you 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 won the uh, you won your east or the west or 
whatever division you were in, and that was it. He won through one three World Series. He won two with the Reds, and he won one with uh, with the uh, Phillies. I mean, some people argue that the Red that was the best baseball team of all time. Or yeah. the, the, the Big Red the machine Reds was. Yeah. And 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 I would I would have to say he was the best player on the team. I would uh, I would say that. I mean, you know, I mean, there's another guy who was almost on my list who was on that team who should, you know, reconsidering it. He could he could be in the top eleven or twelve on on this list, but. I, I think Pete Rose goes is is easily in the top ten baseball players of all time, and I'm not sure there's a lot of people that would share our opinion of that. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who, who bump him down quite a bit, but as an all round player, well, that's a, that's kind of the uh, the Hall of Fame argument, right? Right, right. As you say, well, you know, he gambled on baseball and he broke the rules, and therefore he can't be. But you look at the Hall of Fame, and there's a lot of unsavory characters in there. Sure, right? <laughs> that's for sure. And, uh, there are guys who you know. I don't, whatever. I don't want to compare who did worse things or whatever, but yeah, right. you know, and, and, and here's the thing about Pete Rose. I don't think he's not in the hall of fame necessarily just because he gambled, but because he was so obstinate about it. Yeah. Like with bonds, right. He just didn't admit it for, for decades. And, uh, you know, I think that's had as much impact as keeping him out because we all know that he did it. Right. And I'll say this, if you're willing to believe that, uh, guys, and, I, and I'm not saying this is you're an idiot if you believe it. I'm not saying that. If you believe that guys took steroids or you know growth hormone or you know substances to help them recover from injury, not because they wanted to get stronger or whatever, I don't think it's much of a stretch when Pete Rose said, "I never bet on us to lose." No, right. and, and, and he wasn't the only guy who did it. Pete, guys right. used no, to bet all the time back mm-hmm. in the day. Right. right. Well, but they weren't managers. No. But but as knowing as competitive as he was, right, the ultra yeah. competitor, uh, you know, look, look what he did to Ray Fossey in the damn All Star game for crying out loud, right? right. This is not a guy who was going to bet against him, himself, the team that he was managing, he's, and then he's make an ultimate competitor, much like yeah. Jordan, so, Michael Jordan, who would bet on yeah. everything, right? You know? So if you can believe they took steroids to help them recover from injury, mm-hmm. I don't think it's much. Any any greater of a stretch to say Pete Rose bet on himself to win all the time. No, he, had a, the same he has a gambling problem. Right. And he bet on himself to win all the time. And, and I, my argument with Pete Rose is that if he took steroids, he might still be playing. <laughs> very, very likely. Very likely. I'll tell you what, if you wanna if you wanna feel sad, uh go to like the official Pete Rose website. Yeah. Uh, he's got a space page. Uh, he, no, he's. Well, I mean, he's got baseballs and stuff. You know, yeah, autograph yeah. baseballs. You can like, you can buy dinner with right. Pete Rose, like you and twelve of your friends, and he'll sign baseballs for everybody right there. At the well, table. I wonder how much it would cost to get him on on the podcast. I don't know, but uh, Jimmy, get on that. Jimmy, <laughs> empty your wallet. <laughs> Pay for it. Get with it going. what we with what we pay Jimmy, I don't think. Uh, I don't think he has. But it, but it, I, I was looking at it last. Uh, it is. It is kind of sad. It yeah, it's but you know this. Well, there's a lot whatever. of it's. It's, it's not uncommon. It's yeah. not uncommon that uh, you know professional athletes have to do try. insane things just to you know try and make money, make a couple bucks. Now, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You see it a lot. You see it with a lot of these signings and everything else. Um, well, and uh, yeah, look at uh, Joe Namath doing that bullshit Medicare commercial thing. You know, I had uh, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's like, sad. There was a at a at a at a tavern, not not tavern, like a big restaurant bar kind of thing, not too far from me, uh, down in Brick. Um, there was uh, uh, Lawrence Taylor was going to be there, 
And uh, I was talking. I was like, you know, maybe I'll grab my jersey and go down and have him autograph it. So I looked on really quick just to check it out. It was $300 if I brought my own jersey in there and wanted him to autograph it. And, and plus, there was a fee to get in. Plus, I had to pay him $300 for him to autograph the jersey. I'm like, you know what? And how close were you to doing it? I, I wasn't. I wasn't. No, I was, it was 100 bucks. I might have thought about it. But $300. just 300 bucks or a gift of equal value. Slid under the jersey. I, I don't know. That might be worth it, right? Coke, Coke's pretty cheap these days. Isn't it? That's right. That's right. Uh, did I say that? I meant uh, uh, three hundred dollars. I would have bought Pepsi. I It's a hundred bucks to do Coke. There you go. <laughs> anyway, you have to bring three hundred dollars worth, and it's a hundred bucks to get it. He'll give, give you a hundred. I feel bad. There's a couple of John Donovan comments. I'm going to throw up really quick. But <laughs> while I'm reading these, John, let us know how you feel about the three hundred dollars for Lawrence Taylor's signature too. He said, as far as uh, uh, Pete Rose goes, he said he got more out of his talent than anyone in baseball history, but he still thinks that Bonds, Yaz, and Ricky were better players than uh, than Mr. Rose. I. I, I... Look, I, I like Ricky Anderson. I I had a hard time putting him in my top ten. I think I had him at number nine. I I, I disagree. I, I can't even fathom thinking that Ricky Henderson is a base a better player than Pete Rose. It's just it's like saying you know John Starks is better than uh, you know Michael Jordan. It's it, it, it's just uh, I, 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 I'm sorry. I disagree. He did yeah. say that he did say that he's the greatest singles hitter of all time. Singles count. Right. And he did say, no way on the 300. Yeah. He, he's flooded the market for his autograph. Yeah. Uh, right. I think well, the you flooded the market for his autograph. With that was, one, John. I, I think he flooded his market for the autograph. Was, uh, did, was, was Pete Rose not the all time hits leader? Am was, I missing Pete something? Pete Rose, yet? not Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> was Pete, Pete, Pete Rose was the all time hits leader, right? Uh, yeah, he is. Yeah. He yeah, is. 4,256 okay. career hits. By a lot. Mr. Donovan, like with all due respect, I, I think you should go and look at some of Pete Rose's stats. And three-time champ, uh, maybe the best player on the best team of all time. Come on, he, uh, he the Ricky Ricky Henderson. It, it, well, they're different players, right? They're different. Di- players. Di- well, but they're kind of similar in some ways. Uh, neither of them really hit for power. I mean, I would say Rose was 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 just a great all-around hitter. He didn't hit a ton of home runs, he, right. but he but he was. They were both great. Primarily lead off or top of the order hitters. All right. And then, and then, I mean, but they, they, again, like the different, different hitters, right, right? They scored runs. Ricky Henderson has the, uh, the, uh, um, lead off home runs record and right. obviously the all time stolen bases. It, so, you know, so it's, 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 it, it depends on how you're looking at it and where you're coming the, from. But. The object of baseball is to score runs. Right. 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 Okay. I got you. Um, well, how many, you know what? Get on that. How many, uh, how many runs did, Pete Rose score and how many runs did Ricky Henderson? Pete, Pete, Pete score? Rose scored. Uh, let's see here. Twenty-one sixty-five. Two thousand one hundred sixty-five runs were scored by Pete Rose. How many did Ricky Henderson score? I don't know. Not that many. Hang on. Two thousand. Porcello, Ricky Bonus, Ricky Metallico. <laughs> Ricky Henderson? Oh, geez, you'd think he would be at the top of the list. You would think it would be. Yeah. 
Well, give so, me a minute. Talk about something else. I'll talk about something well, else. Pete, right. Peter has also scored 30 runs in postseason play in three, you know, in, in 67 games. Mm-hmm. He had uh, 86 hits in 67 postseason games and hit 321 with an on base of 388 and a slugging of 440. Right. Ricky, uh, 2295. 2295. So, what, about 100 more? About 100 more. Yeah, they're both great. Yeah. And he just said his, his his reasoning. He said Ricky got on base more and had more power. Um, yeah, Pete Rose had like twelve hundred more hits. Yeah, <laughs> that's you know that's like that's six seasons of two hundred hits a season, and 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 a batting average that was forty points higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was forty points higher. Hold on, thirty something points higher. <clears throat> What did Ricky Anderson hit? 270? 279. 279. Okay. Versus 303. 24 points higher, yeah. They were both great players. They really were. They were. They they, they, they 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 Obviously, he didn't have the same speed, but and here's the difference too. And we got we got to talk about this really quick. One second before we move on to number one, um, Pete Rose could have been on almost every one of our lists so far. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? As a first, the exception base, right? of best catchers. Yeah. Right. Well, a catcher or a pitcher. Yeah, exactly. Right. But he played every position. Yeah. and did well at every position. So. Um, you know, he might not have even been on this list if we put him on first base. Well, and, we and, put him on center and, and, and I'll say this about Ricky Anderson. I think he's one of the most underrated baseball players. He's of definitely all time. underrated. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's in the top 10 left fielders. He, when I first think of left fielders, Ricky Henderson really wasn't that, what jumped to the top of my list. But then you look at what he's accomplished and you're like, yeah, Ricky sure. Anderson deserves, yeah, he deserves <laughs> to be there. And he's, he played a long time yeah. and he did win. You know, yeah. yeah, he wasn't a big part of the, of, of the, of the, Toronto team that won, but he was on it. He was on it. He was there. He was definitely there. Um, there you go. And uh, where am I? There we go. So number two. Number Peter, one. Peter Edward Rose. Let's bring this around to number one. Number one is Mr. Ted Williams. Theodore Samuel Williams. Teddy Ballgame, the kid, the splendid splinter, and the thumper. A lot of nicknames for this gentleman. Um, he played his entire career for the Red Sox. Of course, he managed the Senators and the Rangers after that, too. But Just um, crazy to think, right? Mm-hmm. He 19-time uh, All-Star, two-time American League MVP, two-time Triple Crown winner, six-time American League batting champion, four-time American League home run leader, four-time American League RBI leader, Major League Baseball uh, career record, 482 on base percentage. 482 career on base percentage. It's a Major League Baseball record. Um, his number nine for the Red Sox is retired. He's in the Red Sox Hall of Fame. He's in the San Diego Padres Hall of Fame. Jimmy, get on that and find out why. Uh, Major League Baseball Century team and, of course, the all-time team. Well, where, did well. the, where did the Padres come from? I uh, don't know. They didn't come from Boston. No, but, I, <laughs> but I'm sure there was some connection there. There's got to be. Uh, anyway, he, uh, yeah. Uh, was career he born bat- in San Diego? Maybe he was. Um, actually, he, yes, he was born in San Diego. There you go. Born in San okay, Diego. Okay, there we California. go. August 30th, 1918, he was born in San Diego. Um, yeah, his career batting average, 344. 
career batting average. <laughs> 2,654 hits. Two, I'm sorry, 521 home runs. 1,839 uh, runs batted in. Once again, on-base percentage uh, career, uh, 42. Um, and uh, managerial record was not great, but he has a player. <laughs> Just trumps that, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, he... Uh, Ted Williams. What more can you say? You just say the name. Is all well, you gotta do. I mean, I mean, it, and don't one forget of the best ever. He missed three seasons yeah. when he went yeah. off to war. He went to war. Yeah, <laughs> missed three seasons. He played. I for... mean, I, I, I think if you if you talk about best baseball player of all time, I think you're talking about Ted Williams, Stan Musial, or Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. I, I think those are the three. You know, Luke Garrick's on that list, but I, I, it's when you look at Williams and Musial. I mean, their numbers are. Very similar. Williams obviously hit for a higher average, but they're just astonishing by today's measures. Sure. Um, you know, I mean, he's, and I think we were unanimous in, in this. I mean, yeah, it was yeah. an easy number one. Yeah, it was, yeah. And I don't, and I, it would, especially with the way that today's game is going, I don't think there's ever going to be anybody to match those numbers. I really no. no, not at all. No. And, and let's see, we talk about he missed 1943 through 45, right? Prime, prime of his career. 1942, 141 runs, led the league, uh, led the majors. 36 home runs, 137 RBIs, led the majors, 145 walks, led the majors, and he won the Triple Crown. Yep. Yeah. And then he went off to war for three years. And then he went off to war for three years, and then he came back, led the league again two, two straight years after that in runs scored, mm-hmm. and uh, walks, and except for uh, 46 he was uh, either the uh, league leader or the majors leader, again, in, in the Triple Crown categories in 1946 and 47 and 48 and 49, too. So, yeah, yeah he, won, well, he, won the, he won the Triple Crown in 47. He was the batting champion in 47 and in 48. Yeah. And uh, home run leader in prime, 47 and 49. <laughs> the prime of his career. And, well, there, uh, I mean, there just, were a lot just of imagine what is, that era. That, that yeah, but what, what imagine what his years. numbers would have been like. You know, this this guy's one of, right, one of the best of all time. Yeah. And he went off not not at the tail end or not after his rookie year, right in the dead heart of what was the best. Isn't he cryogenically frozen too? So he yeah. could he could maybe come back in the postseason this year. It's yeah. his head is frozen, right? Isn't just his head? Like is it John Henry yeah, it, that had his uh, head frozen or something? Yeah, yeah. he uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Jimmy, statement, desire. Ba, 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 younger daughter chose to have his remains frozen cryogenically. I think it's his whole, whole body. Yeah. Oh, maybe it's on the on um, what is that? Uh, shoot, what's that cartoon where the heads are alive in the jars? Uh, With Bender the uh, robot and Fry, yeah, uh, uh, ro- uh, robot chicken. No, no it's uh, yeah, it I doesn't matter. That, yeah, it doesn't matter. I think Ted Williams has a know, couple, of, couple of right, yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, I, don't th- I think we're confusing our. Uh, that. But yeah, no, using our sci-fi cartoons, uh, sci-fi cartoons for reality. Yeah. Future, future land, Futurama, Futurama, Futurama. Futurama. Thank Futurama. you very Futurama. much. Futurama. Now I can sleep. There you go, Futurama. But no, it's uh, yeah, he's uh, it's his whole body. He's cryogenically frozen. So yeah, there's not more you can say about it. I mean, it's just <laughs> unbelievable. Um, you say the name, that's all you need to do. Ted Williams, number one left fielder on our list tonight. All right, shall we? Move on to our old balls segment. What do you think? Why not? Why not? Let's get ready for old balls. Old balls. 
Harry, tell us who our Old Balls recipient is tonight. You know, our Old Balls recipient tonight is someone who I think I screwed it up. I think he should have been number three or four on this list. <laughs> uh, so I'm sorry to this recipient, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, posthumously uh, put him in our top ten. Uh, and maybe we have a little addendum there. But hey. our recipient is none other than Mr. Frank Robinson, who, um, you know, played for, what, from 1956 to 1976. Yep. Played for played for five teams. He was the only player to be named most valuable player of both the National League and the American League. Mm-hmm. He was the named the National League MVP after leading the Reds to the pennant in 61 and was named the AL MVP in 1966 with the Baltimore Orioles after winning the triple crown. He is, he had a career a lifetime batting average of 294, 2,943 hits, 586 home runs and 18, 1,812 RBIs. I mean, he was a 14 time all-star two time world series champion in 66 in 1970. He was a, again, the two time MVP, a world series MVP in 66 won the triple crown and uh, also just happened to win the, you know, the NL rookie of the year. His number is retired by the Cincinnati Reds, the Baltimore Orioles, the Cleveland Indians. And he's in the, uh, the Indians, Reds, Baltimore Orioles and Washington nationals hall of fame and or ring of honors respectively. And is in, in the hall of fame. And, and I think what he's probably most famous for is he's the first black manager in big league history as a player manager for the Cleveland Indians. I mean, how did we miss him? (laughs) And I, I, I'm trying to, I I was trying to remember if, did he play right field as well as left field? Did he move? I I don't know, but Frank Robinson, I mean, he he moved around the outfield. He moved moved around a lot. So, uh, you know, maybe we'll put him in right field or something. I don't know, but he was, um, he was unbelievable and, and, and a guy who w- did a lot of firsts. I mean, I, he's, uh, I don't think it was easy being the first African-American, uh, you know, manager, especially as a player manager. Yeah. And, um, you know, he managed for quite some time. He was a, you know, kind of a 500 or just below 500 as a manage as a manager, but he had, a, you know, he had a lot to do with a lot of teams for a long time as both a manager and, uh, you know, a, a coach and um, did a lot for civil, you know, he became an active in the civil rights movement. He, um, he originally declined membership in the, and, and AACP uh, unless the organization promised not to make him do public appearances. Uh, I guess he didn't, Uh, but he, he, you know, he was somebody who I think worked really hard uh, for equality and, obviously was a groundbreaker. So he's uh, maybe our most esteemed member of the old balls club. Yes. Mr. Frank Robinson. And he lost, he, he, unfortunately he lost a world series in 69 too, but he did that year, that year, that a lot of unsung or uh, uh, underdog New York teams beat Baltimore teams in the uh, championships. <laughs> yeah. It's a true story. So there you go. So, this, uh, Frank Robinson, this week's Old Balls. Old Balls. Uh, by the way, uh, 1,270 games in right field, 836 in left. Okay. So, so, so right so field. A significantly, uh, significantly, significantly greater number. <laughs> That's why. So we got him in right field. But so more, more games in right field. 
Four guys are right field. So. But he's on our left field. Old he's balls. deserving of a left field old balls he, and maybe a right field, field old top balls 10. and a light field. Yeah, top there, we there we go. There you go. All right. There you go. All right. Well, that uh, that brings us to uh, let's let's do a little NFL talk because there's not much to talk about. Oh, gosh. And uh, <laughs> let's get that done because then we can then we can look at the the score of the game too. The score of the games for what? NBA. There's an NFL game on. It's an NFL game on. Yes. <laughs> The uh, Oakland Raiders. Uh, I, I know the Oakland Raiders are the Oakland Raiders are playing the uh, St. Louis Rams. Zach Wilson uh, threw a couple of wobbly passes in OTAs today. Nice. Uh, he, what, a couple of wobbly passes? <laughs> did he? There was video of it. I heard yeah. Joe Klecko is going to be the next coach for Duke basketball. I just yeah exactly. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute too. Um, I got I got something to say. I wanted to say this really quick. Uh, All right. I, I want your both opinion, but especially Harry's. Um, it's been reported that Daniel Jones. Thanks. Ra- Daniel Jones ranks among well, you'll hear why in a minute. <laughs> Daniel Jones ranks among the best deep passers in the NFL. What do you have to say about that? <laughs> right, so I know, now I know why you want his. Are we? T- <laughs> There's one word missing before passers, and that's completed. I, um, well, I, what does that mean? What is that based on? I, who, I, who did? Who did I, this? I, what, what is the? Saw, what is the math at the? You know. He, who, he who, surprises. Who he's in. He's in the top ten of deep passers. Gino from Weehawken created this list. For, I mean, uh, no, no, no. That was passes Jimmy, the, Jimmy made it before. Passes that Gino has seen. Look, Daniel. The, the verdict. The, passes that Gino seen. The, Daniel Jones. The verdict throw. isn't out on Daniel Jones. We're waiting for Daniel Jones to be even an acceptable quarterback in the NFL. Gotcha. And look. Unless the unless the Giants pull off a trade, which it doesn't look like it's going to happen, it looks like the the Packers are going to hold their ground, and and Rogers is going to have to decide whether or not he sits out or not. Right. The, if the offensive line could give Daniel Jones a little bit of time, we'll see what Daniel Jones can do. He's going to have more talent around him than Eli certainly had in the last five, six, seven years of his of his time w- with the Giants, and maybe more talent receiver wise than than the Giants have had ever. Uh, a top. Two, three, four running back if if he's healthy. We don't know. He, he it seems like there's some not great progress on that camp. Right. But I don't know. I've heard one criticism of Tom Brady all these years that he can't throw the deep ball. Who cares? Right. Yeah. yeah get the Kenny, job done, it doesn't matter. Kenny Sabler couldn't throw the deep ball either. Right. But he still threw it far enough that he had a lot of touchdowns caught. He 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 uh he he fumbled a ball that won a game for him right. too. So, right. Okay. all right, <laughs> but, you, you uh, want my opinion on this? Give me your opinion. Go for it. All right. It's quite simple. The numbers don't lie. He's top ten. If the Giants don't go to the NFC Championship game this year, then it's a, it's a failure. There you go. <laughs> I mean, he, he's simple even, math. He's. I would argue that he's probably not a top twenty-five and possibly not a top thirty quarterback in the NFL stats-wise. Over this, over the, the sample survey that we have, you so, are never going to get invited to the Daniel Jones Fun Run. No, yeah, no, no, not happening. no, no. You I will pay be all really, the money you want. I will be really good. happy the year where Daniel Jones <laughs> bring, is on the Jacksonville Jaguars and Gary Sanchez is, is occasionally DH bunch of cocaine. You're not going to say for the Kansas City Royals. <laughs> yeah, that's that will make me very happy. You'll be very happy. Yes, the um, Royals, not the Chiefs. The Royals. The Royals, yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> well, it's Gary, Sa- I said Gary, Gary Sanchez. Sanchez. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gary Sanchez is on the Chiefs. I mean, I, 
you know, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I didn't catch the last probably, name. Probably do better on the Chiefs. <laughs> there you go. Patrick Mahomes would make him a better catcher. That's for sure. <laughs> hey, speaking, you know, you know Long what state snap, I'm in, right? right? Uh, I'm in Carolina. I'm, I'm hoping to see Sam. Oh, well, that's go. well. You know what? Sam Darnold is actually he he's looking for looking forward to Week One versus the Jets. He said he was quoted as saying, "It's a good opportunity to compete." In and uh, reading between the lines, that means I want to kick the shit out of them, <laughs> <laughs> and he possibly could. You know, so yeah, he's but, gonna um, uh, he's gonna. Put Zach Wilson over his lap and spank him. And spank if him, he, right. If he has anything to say about it. Let me let me ask you this, though. If Barkley comes back at full strength. Harry, that's a big but, if right now. If, if, that's I said if. If Barkley comes back at full strength, all right, with all of the other weapons they have, does that if, – if Daniel Jones can step up to the challenge, does that make the Giants' offense a powerhouse in the NFL? I don't know about powerhouse, but if the offensive line does a modicum of blocking with the talent the Giants have around him, mm -hmm. it should provide Daniel Jones with with an opportunity to do very well. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying he couldn't. Right. I'm just – I don't think Daniel Jones is going to be the X factor. I think Daniel Jones is going to be the guy who services the offense and, and, and hopefully keeps his turnovers down. I got you. I hear you. I don't think Daniel Jones is – I think he's going to progressively get better in his decision-making. Mm -hmm. Um I think the Giants are going to win the way the Giants have always won. I think they're going to have to win with defense, controlling the ball, mm -hmm. which obviously Saquon Barkley and the offensive line are the biggest factors in that, and then taking advantage of, of the, the weapons he has. Right. And I think it's going to be more of the short game. I think that the key to the Giants is really how do they do in those crossing patterns? How do they do on those quick routes? How do they keep the offense moving and not stagnate on first and second down and then have a third and long? Because – when you got a third and long, that's where it, put, it puts the most stress on the offensive line and puts Daniel Jones in a situation where he's not going to be as successful. Right. Yeah, that's very true. Well, I mean, the key, and we've been saying this all along, the key is the offensive line. It's not Daniel Jones' talent because Daniel Jones does have talent. How big that talent is, is he's remains a top to be 30 seen. quarterback. It remains to be seen based on, obviously, his weapons, the health of his weapons, and the offensive line. But, you know, we'll see if they put it together this year. We'll see what happens. Conference um, championship game or bust. There you go. That's what you're you're yeah. all in. You're all in. I mean, yeah. look, as it, a Jets fan, you're all in on the Giants going. Hey, why if not? The, <laughs> if the Giants make it to 500 this year, it's it's an improvement, right? It's an improvement. Well, they can't make it to 500, right? Well, yeah, yeah. No one. Can. 17. Games well, they now. could have a tie. They they could. Have, there you go. And very now the now the tie becomes now the tie more becomes more important. Can't, can't you see a Giants Philly tie like 12 12? Uh, Last eight, tie eight, I think the Giants had was eight, Giants eight, and Redskins. Eight, eight and one. Yeah, yeah. They well, Giants won the they, division that year, and the they win the division. I think going eight, yeah, eight was, and one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Giants be with ten, ten, five and one. I think that they won the division that year. It was ninety-eight. I think. I mean, I, I think, I think Washington's the favorite in the in the NFC East. I know everybody's really hot on. We got Dak signed. He's happy. The, well, they got blah, blah, magic, blah, blah. right? <laughs> I. I <laughs> If you look at what, what what they were doing towards the end of the year, right, and they have the least question marks, I think, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I, I don't think Philly's – I think Philly's a question mark. I think there's just too many chemistry things that are uh, uh, up in the air with them right now. I think the Giants, you know, they maybe they'll make a stride in the right direction. They should. Um, but I, I think Washington with that defense and and I think they're, I think they're going to win that division. Well, we'll uh, we'll see how that pans out in several months. 
Let's not rush the summer just yet. Um, I have a, I have one other thing for you. You're the, you're the one that brought the NFL up. Yeah. Well, no, as far as them winning the <laughs> yeah, division. Yeah, yeah. I, I, just wanted to, I just wanted to start wanted the to, season. I didn't want I to wanna, finish it yet. I want to do division <laughs> record picks next week. There you go. <laughs> Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl uh, uh, picks, and they're and we're sticking to them. It doesn't matter where they are. That's right. Um, the uh, we haven't heard anything on Washington yet, right? With a team name, they're still no. the Washington Football Team, right? They're not. Yeah. They haven't come out with anything yet. Yeah. And 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 conversely, in baseball too, we haven't heard anything from. I mean, the Indians are still the Indians. They didn't they didn't change to the Cleveland baseball team, but they're renaming, and but yeah. there hasn't been anything yet. Um, there has been a rename. Uh, renamed team uh, in the CFL. Um, the Edmonton Eskimos are now the Edmonton Elks. Oh, but but the but the Rough Riders are still the Rough Riders. The Rough Riders are still the Rough Riders. Exactly. But I got a question about this. First of all, um, somebody had mentioned on a couple of blogs that said, "Doesn't that look like a bird with a bad toupee?" It and looks like it looks like if somebody. <laughs> No, it looks like it's like the Milwaukee Bucks had a new 2021, 2021. logo to get you. the kids to the game. That's right. what it looks like. There you go. That could be working. It looks like a dog getting hit with a tree branch to me. And I got Isn't the Edmonton Elks though where like my dad would go to to hang yeah. out when he's well, in Canada? See, that's the question though. <laughs> that's the question though. The Edmonton Elks, right? Isn't elk plural like deer? I don't know. Like moose. Not in Canada. In Canada it's elks. I so, guess. Can we there. can we edit this whole segment out of the podcast? <laughs> this is just. I just wanted to throw that in there for you. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good uh, question, actually. It's a, yeah, that that's the you, biggest one of it, though. Isn't elk, isn't elk plural? Wouldn't it be the Edmonton? Look elk? at all those elks <laughs> over there. That can't be right. Look at all those elk over there. Look Let's at see. that herd. That herd of elk. Multiple elk are still elk. Multiple elk are still. I am elk. aware the dictionary dictionary res- recognizes elks. As an acceptable plural of the word elk, but anyone that uses it that way gets looked at like a rube. There you go. There you go. This is, this is ten reason why I hate the name Edmonton Elks. There you go. <laughs> I mean, now we're getting us out there. Now we got it. Now we, we okay. dug down deep and we figured it out. Anyway, all right. Let's uh, let's let's move on to a little basketball. You just show. imagine like a hundred thousand Canadians. They make the announcement, <laughs> and they all look at the you know the. The, the TV news, and they go, um, I'm pretty sure that it ought to be elk, eh? <laughs> it's elk, eh? I think it's elk. Elk, elk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the biggest hot news of in Canada right now. So anyway, all right. All right. What, what is that? The Canadian Football League? <laughs> yeah, it would be yeah. the CFL. Yeah, the Canadian Football League. The Edmonton, yeah. the Edmonton Eskimos are now the Edmonton Elk because Eskimos did Warren are... Moon play for the Edmonton Eskimos? Uh, Warren Moon played for who did Warren Moon? The Ottawa Rough Riders. No, he played for. It's, it's, uh, I think it's Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Ah, there was a lot of Rough Riders. Uh, in... There's several Rough Riders. There's, several... There's a lot of rough, rough Riding up in Canada. <laughs> uh, they were politically correct before they even knew they were. Yeah, well, yeah. He played for. He played for the Edmonton Eskimos. Yes, he did. Right. He played for the Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, he played. For I, I believe it's actually it's Eskimoi. Eskimai. <laughs> Edmonton Eskimai. Although Eskimos is an acceptable uh, alternative. That was his first uh that was his first stop. Uh he was undrafted in seventy eight, went up to Edmonton and played for the Eskimos for six sorry, one, two, three, four, five, six seasons, yes. And then he then he went to uh Houston and then toured around uh 
the NFL at that it's, point. It's but tough anyway, to play in snowshoes, too. It's hard. It's very it difficult. With those heavy you know, coats and mittens. Right. I don't know how he ever threw the ball. I like think they had a dome. I think I th- believe they had a dome. It's called the Igloo. A, a lot of the we'll Canadian football teams had domes. That's true. Yeah, they did. Yeah, what do they call it now? The Elk House. And what's the, the uh, and what's the, the uh, what's the trophy? What's the uh, what do you win? It's the gray, the gray cup. The gray right? cup. Gray cup. Yeah. So there you go. All right, NBA. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about uh, the. Not looking uh, good for the Knicks. It's not the Knicks season is over, and you kind of knew it. And oh. um, I think the the only question mark I have for the Knicks is, do you sign Julius Randle? I know my answer on it. No. Yes. Oh yeah. No. No. Hell no. Look, they're going to overpay him. Right. Okay. I think Julius Randle's a fine number two or number three on a team that's going to compete for a championship. Right. I think the Knicks have made really bad draft choices. And I think that they're not built for today's NBA or for the playoffs. And they, they, they either they don't sign Randle and hope they can get a top free agent signing, which maybe they will, maybe they won't. The odds are against them. But if you overpay Randall and you're not going to have any room to get another top player to play alongside of him. I, I'm not saying I I, I I could see Julius Randall being a guy on this team who's, who's a solid number two. He's had a great year. He carried this team on his back. But he just, I don't think, has the capacity to lead a team in the postseason. I think... I'm going to take the flip side of the argument uh, because I agree with you. He's the perfect number two. And I think it was only a couple of years ago that the Knicks had enough money for two max contracts. I hope hope you're right. I hope you're right. They were looking to bring in like LeBron and Durant or two two big names, and that didn't work out. So I think they keep him. You're right. They'll probably overpay for him. But he is the number two, and they do. I think it makes it more attractive for one of those big names to come here. I agree. If Randall is here, and I, and I agree with you, if they can do that, I, I also, you know, I think they got to have the money. They're not paying anybody. They, else they're anything. not paying anybody. And you're right. You're absolutely right. I was frozen there for a minute. That's why I couldn't comment oh, on what okay. you said. Um, which we call it the uh, yeah. They had they had money for two max contracts. They had they yeah. were they were they were going after Durant and and Irving. Uh, and then, uh, and then they didn't, you know. And then, and, and if that's if that's the case, and they can, can pull that off, then that's great. What I could see the Knicks doing though is re-signing Randall, not getting that next level that's star, right, and then and right. then desperately trying to hold on to some of these guys who I don't think are should be starting in the NBA. Right. Yeah. You know. Now losing if they, Mitchell, if they go if losing, they go after Dame uh, with with sign Randall and go after Dame. I mean that's. That, that that might be an interesting. Uh, I have some thought. I have some thoughts on on Damian Lillard. Okay. Yeah. Um, by the way, just a, a side note: um, the Knicks are down sixteen points. Yeah, it's, it's three over. minutes left. Yeah, and no, and, that and, and the, the and the Sixers moved on. They uh, they handily beat beat Washington. Uh, I I think uh, I think it's gonna. I think the Hawks will give the the Sixers, especially if if uh, Embiid doesn't play. I'll run for the money, but the Sixers are much like the Knicks. Uh, I'll tell you what, Doc Rivers has them playing really solid team defense, and um, I think the Sixers, even without Embiid, I mean, they're going to need Embiid, obviously, to, uh, to to move on, but I think they can win a couple games should they have to, 
uh, against uh, Atlanta with uh, without Embiid, but he right. he didn't play at all. He didn't play at all today, and I don't know if we even know what his uh, was there. Is there an issue, or is it just they were going to win anyway? Screw it. He's not. No, he's hurt. He's hurt. No, he's hurt. But, but yeah, and got, I mean, I, I don't think there's been any any upgrades. But he, here's here's the difference with the Sixers, and and I think they remind me a little bit of some other teams in the West. Is that these guys are are showing up in the playoffs? Tobias Harris, Seth Curry, you know, they're Denny Green is even you know was even doing the, they're they're playing good ball and they're not they're taking that pressure off of Ben Simmons. You know, Ben Simmons took eleven shots today, he had ten rebounds and eleven assists and nineteen points, so he played his game. He he doesn't have to get out of his comfort zone even without Embiid there. Right. And they yeah. held Washington to 112. The game was it was kind of garbage time for a while there. So you know, I mean, uh, they let Bradley Beal go off. Westbrook had another good game, but Russell Russell Westbrook was minus 21 in this game. Mm-hmm. The yeah. uh, and, and it shows that Game Four was an aberration. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And everybody um, lost. Everybody's well. Was a with minute. the exception of Milwaukee, everybody's kind of had one. A lot off, of gentlemen, yeah, a lot of gentlemen sweeps. Gentlemen right. Sweep. Yeah. Exactly. They're um. Uh, which was a minute and a half left. Now they're only down. Uh, they're only down thirteen now. So I mean, maybe they can make a uh, little bit of a comeback. Oh, yeah. uh, R.J. Barrett and a couple. Of am fouls. I seeing this right? R.J. Barrett is the top scorer for the Knicks with seventeen points. No, Randall's got twenty-three. Randall's got twenty-three. All right, I'm, yeah. it's not. It's not. Well, how really, would you? Uh, let me just ask them. you quickly. Uh, Randall's playoff performance been kind of disappointing. right? Disappointing. Really, really disappointing. disappointing. Absolutely. And, and you know what? It's also his his demeanor. He just he. He's got the kind of game that when you put some pressure on him, double team him, he looked uncomfortable. He looked uncomfortable. He's, his shot was different. He was forcing the ball. That he was that, that extra hand in the face when you're shooting three pointers. I mean, he was very bad from the three point line, yep. and he was missing a lot of his typical mid range. And he couldn't in the playoffs. He couldn't figure out and Giannis went through this a lot he couldn't figure out all right I'm not getting right to the hole so how do I change my game so that I can make these little 10 foot you know jumpers that yeah. might come but he's not he's not a guy to, to, to you know Trey Young is a guy that it's his team I'm gonna win this screw you yeah you know and yes he was in a winning fashion we've seen this with uh John Morant which is probably going to be in a losing manner but same thing we're seeing these young guys who are built to play in the playoffs and they can carry their teams on their backs yep it's some help but i mean you know Trey Young scored 31 points today there wasn't even anybody else close 30, to 30 34 now he's got yeah so yeah. um the hawks the hawks are peaking at the right time and and i and i think the Knicks Look, we we said these two teams are pretty evenly matched. Mm-hmm. The Knicks had a couple bad games, and I think it got in their head. I think the Knicks are still that young team. They're they're a little bit delicate mentally, and yep. they kind of lost their cool a little bit during all of this. Well, apparently, and, it was uh, Capella was talking uh, was doing some trash talking the other day, and they yeah. uh, Randall said, "Don't care. Why the hell would I give a uh, why Why would I give a hell what Clint Capella had to say?" Right. Well, that's good, but you know, you saw the the you know Randall kind of had a cheap retaliation foul, which you know that that could have went against him. They could have they could have called it a flagrant two, and and uh, and you know he could have missed the game. Those are the kind of things where you got to get other guys to do that. You know, you got to put you know put gives Kevin Knox something to do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I, to me, the the thing that I saw with Randall is he just wasn't making decisions quickly enough. No, no. you know, I think he was looked uncomfortable. And, and, and you're right, wasn't sure what to, wasn't making the pass. The you game, know, soon enough. but that wasn't the that wasn't that fast. way in the regular season though. He no. looked like he was in control because of they weren't playing the same defense. Because they weren't playing the same defense. Yeah, regular the, the season, Hawks did a yeah did a great a lot, job. A lot of, of regular uh, season teams. You know, yeah. it, it's just you know, the, and the Knicks are done. It's fine. Uh, and, and you look at you know you look at uh, look Derek Rose. Well, he played twenty six minutes, which is about what he was playing before. But Derek you know, Rose six, is, is six is a, points. Uh, he's a guy who yes, he had the one good game, and and yes, I I actually think Tom Thibodeau made some bad moves in this. I think number one, starting Taj Gibson and playing the minutes he did, and not playing Noel was a mistake. Nurkic Noel was was a is a really good defensive player. I think yeah, Burks. Yeah. I think Burks's minutes were were, were justified. Yeah. I I think that that second line of the Knicks, whether it's Barrett, Bullock, Toppin, they're just not consistently great players. They're all the same kind of player. Obi Toppin's wonderful to watch dunk the ball, but he has no game outside of that. And in the yeah. playoffs, and in the playoffs, you know, you have to either be a create your own shot quick release killer three point shooter or you have to be able to create your own shot and 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 get to the free throw line yeah. and the Knicks don't have those guys you know Randall took f- shot four free throws today the Knicks total shot only 18 free throws you yeah. know yeah. I, I don't we got to see what happens with Obi top and he's got to improve his game he definitely he's their number one pick isn't he you know what he's number one pick yeah look the Knicks have a lot of number one picks in Toppin, in Knox, in Barrett, which if if somebody else wants them and you can get something for them, go for it. Right. Well, go yeah, they've it. got they've got dead weight they got to get rid of, right? So, what's your thought on what's both of your thoughts on on a guy like Lillard coming? To, I don't think Lillard's going to come to the Knicks Thanks. because I don't think that I don't think the Knicks have more to offer than what he already has in Portland. Right now. Can we transition to the Denver Portland game? Because I know you guys were probably fast asleep. That was the best basketball game I've seen in maybe ten years. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I, I and and, and the and the one thing other than screen number one, it proved the Knicks are not. Look, Austin Rivers is had eighteen points last night. Denver, mm. he started. Um, the one thing that kept going through my mind watching that game last night was a yes, Damian Lillard is great, and yes, Jokic even though he looks like he's about to die at any moment is just clutch. And, and yes, the nuggets played that both teams were playing like really great basketball. The one thing that I kept thinking over and over again is how amazing would a team with Jokic and Damian Lillard be? It would be an exhibition every night in basketball. Yeah. I, I think it, you know, and look, I think Denver has more upside than Portland does just based on the personnel that they have. I, I think the Nuggets have a better coach. I think they play slightly better team defense. But Damian Lillard coming to the Nuggets, even without Jamal Murray, if it's just Michael Porter Jr. and some of the other pieces that the Nuggets have, I think that team with Monte Har- Morris, and I think they immediately become the favorites in the West and could potentially compete with the Nets, maybe one player away competing with us i think those two guys together would be absolutely dynamic imagine if you can't double dame or if you can't double down i mean 
who do you leave open? Yeah. And imagine Damian Lillard not having to bring the ball up the court and not having to to, to be the facilitator. Imagine if the if, if he was free to be getting passes from from Jokic all game long. I mean, I, I just I think they're two of the most all-round talented players in the NBA. And I think and I've said this I think Lillard is, is is the best guard in the game right now. Um, you know, maybe Harden, may, may, you know, Kyrie Irving certainly great. Right. St- you know, Steph Curry, but I think by himself, I think Damian Lillard is, is is the best guard in the game. And I think teaming him up with Jokic would be absolutely stunning. I think it would it would it would be really entertaining basketball. You think, that, you think that's a possibility? You think that could happen? I think he's good. I think Lillard wants to stay in Portland. Now, will that change? I don't know. He seems to be a little, and we'll see. You know, that series isn't over yet, so I think it really, it really depends on what happens to Portland in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, it's not that Portland doesn't have t- some talent around them; they do. And and you know, I, I just think I'm not sure Portland's going to be able to get. I think he's going to have to decide. Hey, I want to go somewhere else. And I think he, in his mind, he doesn't want to go and be with LeBron. He doesn't want to be with that sort of big name, let's build a team kind of scenario. Right. But if he goes to Denver, he's still in a relatively small market, and he's still he's still he obviously becomes the leader of that team in, in a lot of ways. But and I think Jokic doesn't give a shit. I think he would be like, yeah, come 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 play. Come I'll, play. Yeah. I'll, I'll play point point center, and I'll I'll, I'll get uh, I'll, I'll have twelve assists a, a game next year. So, uh, I, I think I think it's what the Nuggets are missing, and I just think that I, I don't see anybody else necessarily wanting to go to Portland with that scenario because I do think Damian Lillard is the kind of guy which I, I think it he needs a specific kind of team around him. So if if, if Lillard doesn't want to leave Portland, would you take Leonard? Oh yeah. But I still don't think, even with the with the difference that the Knicks have made this year, I don't think. Well, number one, Kawhi Leonard's not coming to New York. I meant Denver. Yeah. Oh yeah, without a doubt. I mean, he's another guy who immediately becomes uh, makes them uh, makes them. Uh, everybody's going to Denver. Everybody's going. No, to Denver. I don't think anybody. No other destination as good as Denver. No, and no. Aaron Rodgers is going to be starting. No, uh... I don't. Well, in basketball, I don't, I don't think. I, but, but here's the I thing. don't think there is in the West. I, I agree with you. Towards the well, end of towards the end of their career, Allen Iverson came to Denver. You know, uh, Kenyon Martin came to. The, I mean, there there have been instances where people have said, "Okay, because they thought, hey, I can join this or this team and and be that missing piece." And they almost were. That uh, Iverson, Carmelo, Martin, Denver Nuggets team was pretty darn good, and they were, you know, they were a game or two away of beating the Lakers in the finals. I think Lillard doesn't want to go to a big name. He doesn't want to play with one of the top guys, you know, necessarily. I could I, I could see him leaving Portland if it's the right fit and he feels like, hey, I can still play my game and I have a chance of winning it and kind of doing it on my own terms. Right. Um, see, see, I think if he went to Denver, I, I think it could still be Joker's team. I think – Lillard doesn't need to be the man. No. Look, I, I think, think he'd be happy, I, I think I think he'd be happy to go there, put in 35 every night, and win. Oh, yeah. And, and Jokic could run the offense through Jokic. And, and oh, I think get, he still you know, would. 
I mean, that's, that's my point. I mean, imagine yeah. Lillard not having to, to to exert all of that energy bringing right. the ball up. You, right. you know, you, you keep a Composo or an Austin Rivers or some other, you know, you, you can team him up with even Michael Porter Jr. in the backcourt. Now, all of a sudden, you know, Lillard's freed up in that offense. Right, right. And it would be a dynamic fit. I mean, it would yeah. be an amazing fit. And when when all four guys collapse on Jokic when he's driving to the lane, he's he's not looking out at you know uh, Monte Harris. He's looking out at Damian Lillard at the three point line, who's catch, who's going to catch and shoot and not have to be. I mean, imagine him when if in a catch and shoot scenario where he's not having to do sixty foot step backs against three guys. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And right, and he can you know put up those thirty footers. When Absolutely. the defense they're playing against is tough, he can Absolutely. create his own shots. So, sure. yeah. yeah, and he and you know he he's not he's a guy who can you know he, he's not always going to be that thirty you know thirty five point guy. He does have games where he's a facilitator. He does have games where he feeds off of it. But in in the playoffs, based on on you know just what Portland has right now, he's kind of be, had to do that. And yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. it was it was one of the best performance. It was Reggie Miller esque. You know where I'm just going. Can we please put this team away? And and he he was phenomenal and and worthy of every all the accolades that he got. But at the end of the day, the Nuggets stepped up and and they had they they had some guys like Porter, Monte Har- Monte Morris, Austin Rivers who really stepped up in that game. And Jokic was what Jokic is. I mean, he's just uh, the ball goes through him and he the game sort of slows down around him. He was the one who made the a cross court pass to to Porter for the game winning three. That was, you know, just one of the most amazing passes I've seen in a, in an NBA game, let alone at the end of a game in crunch time. You know, the, the, the other team that, that I, I could, the other guy who I could see Lillard playing with is Giannis. I mean, I think they're in the same boat where we'll see. I mean, I think, I think the bucks are going to give the nets a run for their money, but I still don't think the bucks are the team that's going to win the championship. Now, I think anybody who gets through the East right now with the way the Lakers are mm-hmm. and the way the Clippers are playing, I think this might be the year where the East wins it. It's very possible. It's definitely possible. Well, who do we um, like in game five uh, between uh, Dallas and the Clippers? I think the Clippers are going to win this game. Um, I think it'll be close, but I think the, I think they'll win this game. Is it going seven? Or is I it think it'll go there? six or seven. Yeah. Well, it's got to go six. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I, I don't, I think it'll go seven. Yeah. I I tend to think it will too. If the Clippers lay down tonight, then that tells me a lot. And it also tells me that Kawhi will not be back next year. Right. Right. Well, that's kind of where I was going to before that. If, uh, if, if that happens, you know, where do you see him though? I mean, I know you're talking about Denver, but do you see him? Where do you see him going? I, Kawhi's the kind of guy who I could see him going to any contender and immediately making them, you know, the championship team. Yeah. Um, I don't think he'll go to the Lakers. I don't think, you know, the Lakers are kind of a mess right now. I I, I, I don't know. Could Kawhi uh, go to Golden State? Well, does he make Golden State better if Clay Thompson's back? I, I mean, he does. That'd be it. But, but I don't really see that too much either. Right. Yeah, um, but look who, look who they had when they were winning before, right? Yeah. I mean, he they had KD, so. I Right. <laughs> Right, I don't and, and Clay and Steph, and they K, made it but, work. But so. KD fit a different role there. 
Uh, he, you know, he's, he was, you know, yeah, he kind of played small forward. He kind of played power forward. He, he, he fit a different role. Ka- Kawhi certainly makes them better. I mean, imagine that so-called backcourt or, or two, one, two, and three. I mean, that's, if, right. uh, you know, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. I, I don't know where, where he goes. I mean, he makes almost, he can fit in on almost any team. I don't think he wants to play in the East, but you know, because the, there, there's there's two or three teams in the East that I think if he went to, could tip tip the tide. I mean, obviously Milwaukee, obviously Philadelphia. Um, you know, he'll probably just wind up going to the Nets. I was going to say, well, he'll he'll just wind up in Brooklyn. Right. <laughs> Why not? And bring Dame along for laughs as well. I don't think he will. I, you know, I, <laughs> I, the other thing is you might see the, the the Clippers make a move to surround him with with with. You know, there might be some moves people going to the Clippers. I mean, there's some, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Anthony Davis a free agent after this year? Um, could be. Yeah, I think right. you know, you Kawhi, have an opt out. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the, the, I think there's going to be some movement, but well, we we shall see. I mean, Kawhi to a team like Phoenix or Kawhi to a team like uh, Utah or a team like Denver. I mean, damn, that makes great, uh, really three really good teams be that much better. All right. Um, okay, so we know the East. The East uh, semis are uh, set. It's uh, Brooklyn and uh, Milwaukee, and it's uh, Philly and Atlanta. What's uh, What's happening? Let's Let's. Uh, <laughs> right, what's happening out Dave, west? I don't think Davis is going anywhere. No, he's uh, he's. And I'm not sure I want Anthony Davis. No, that's what I mean. He's he's a he's a free agent in 25. And he's making thirty-seven next year, forty and forty-three. Oh, so it's twenty twenty-five, not twenty. Okay, I thought yeah, twenty twenty-five. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's years. right. They 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 actually they actually did sign him. Yeah, after five, the trade. five years, one hundred and ninety million dollars. Yeah, yeah he's that's not right. going I, I forgot that they signed him after one hundred ninety million dollars to stand in his street clothes on the side. That's what's. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, <laughs> I think the West is a toss-up. I, I would I, I, I would have done it for one hundred sixty. I think Utah, you know, is, is going to beat Memphis, yeah. and, and they'll wrap that series up. I think Phoenix is going to. I think put, Phoenix put, is going to beat the, the Lakers. Lakers. Put the Lakers. But the Lakers are just a. They're not very deep, and they're hurt. They're just not the Lakers of last year. They're not even close. Right. I think you. I think Denver and Portland's a toss-up still, and I said that from the very beginning. And and the fact that Denver, the exception of the one egg they laid. God, I mean. <laughs> They're a team that's just winning against a pretty decent, I think, a very good Portland team with one of the best players in the NBA. I, I don't know. I mean, he had one game where the whole team didn't play well, but Jokic is just, I mean, he just does it night in and night out. And he doesn't always get the consistent help from anybody else. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I think Utah and Phoenix move on. I think it, it could be Denver or Portland. And I think, I think it's a toss-up between Dallas and the Clippers, and I think the whole West is a toss-up. And I think you you might see the top two teams playing each other, and that they might be the two best teams in, in the West right now. Yeah, well, I, I'll uh, I'll say this: Utah obviously is is moving on. Uh, I think Dallas is moving on uh, above. Uh, they're they're taking care of the Clippers. Um, Phoenix is winning tomorrow. They're they're the Lakers are done tomorrow. I think Portland's going to win tomorrow, and then Denver's going to win on Sunday. I think it's going seven, but Denver will win. That's my point. That's my. Uh, so then it would be Denver against. Uh, so it would be Denver against. Uh, Phoenix. No. Uh, yeah, Phoenix. Yeah. Denver against Phoenix. 
And, Denver uh, against Phoenix and Dallas, Dallas against, against Utah. Utah. Mm-hmm. Denver, Phoenix, Dallas, Utah. Good. Yeah. I mean, right now the NBA, the, <laughs> the the NBA front office is going. Oh, damn it! But I'm not so sure the Lakers lay down tomorrow or. Is it tomorrow? Yeah, it's tomorrow. Yeah, I think I think it might go seven, but I think Phoenix will win. I, I just think the but, Lakers. Uh, I don't know. I like the Clippers. I like the Clippers over Dallas. I, I think the Clippers gets the win, but there's something. Both the Lakers and Clippers just have there's something in their body language and their energy that's just I've never seen a LeBron team so unsure of themselves. And and look, I, I think the Lakers made some bad offseason moves. I, I think Schroeder was a bad decision. I think getting rid of um, uh, Dwight Howard was a bad decision. I, they're not very deep, and I don't, I don't think they have half the talent that they had last year. Right. And when Anthony Davis and LeBron get hurt, they're they're hurting a lot more than they would have, uh, you know, in the first round last year. Absolutely, they're also playing a pretty darn good team in the first round. All the teams in the West are pretty evenly uh, matched up. I mean, yeah, Memphis sort of went on a little bit of a heater to get in there. And they put up a good fight without Donovan Mitchell in the in that you know first couple of games, but the Lakers Lakers got a you know they had to play in, they had to play in. I know. I know. And Phoenix is, I know. I know. We, look, we you could put all the all the praise you want on um, on 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 on, um, uh, on what's his name the, the point guard. God, I can't believe it. But Chris Paul. But, Chris Paul. But but I mean. Uh, Aiton and uh, Booker are just yeah, phenomenal is, players. If, if Booker like has one of those postseasons where he just says, "Okay, I'm I'm going to do it now," he can be very very dangerous. Well, and Aiton's a hell of a frontline player. I mean, he's just a hell of a frontline player. And uh, yeah, I, I I just think those I think Phoenix, Denver, even Portland to some degree, and Dallas, um, and Utah are built. They're they're a little bit more balanced. They have depth. They have players that can come in and play multiple positions. They can all shoot. They have good rim protectors. You don't see that a lot with the Clippers right now. You don't see that obviously with the Anthony Davis off the floor with, with the Lakers. It's there. I, I think that the so-called favorites in the West are not necessarily favorites. And I don't really think Dallas is capable of beating a Utah. Or a Phoenix, but no. but Doncic is. I mean, that's another place. Imagine Damian Lillard and, and Luka Doncic playing together. So, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of places. <laughs> so, well, we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, by the time we do our uh, show next Wednesday, we'll it'll all be over. It'll all be done, and we'll be into the semis. But it, but it's been fun. I mean, even some of the playing games, I know. I, well, you know what? I mean, they were you, they were kind of fun. You look at the West. I mean, they're just much more evenly matched up. I mean, everybody they're going to beat East, up on everybody each other. in the East was just you know uh, a sweeper or the team that lost the series only won one game, and then other than the uh, Utah Memphis uh, series, everything else is uh, it's it's a series. It's you know I, I hope playing Embiid, basketball. I hope Embiid gets healthy because I really do think this Sixers team. I think the Sixers, Bucks, and Nets are it's whoever winds up playing each other in the finals. Uh, I think it's going to be more of a 
of a challenge than I don't think it's an automatic runaway for the Nets. And I, I think the Bucks are going to come out of the gate pretty strong. I could see the Bucks winning game one against Brooklyn. Okay. I don't know. Bucks have been sitting around for a while. True. I think they're going to, you know, shake some, shake some rust off, but yeah. And it's in, and it's in Brooklyn. And the, but look, the, the Nets in Milwaukee. Uh, I don't know. I think it's in Milwaukee. Uh, I don't know. What? Which? Let's see. Uh, let's see. <laughs> game one. But, but, but game one is in Brooklyn. It's in Brooklyn. Yeah. And I, well, I will it say to be the, the, the Brooklyn's the second seed. Yeah, I mean the Jazz were already oh, right. by, by twenty on. The, uh, I, and look, I, I do want to give the Knicks and Tom Thibodeau. I, I think they had one of the most incredible improvements a team could have from oh, year yeah. to year. Yeah, I mean they're, they're headed in the right direction. I just this is where, but we've seen this before with the Knicks, and this is where I hope that they continue with this patience and not because I don't really think there's going to be a ton of slam dunk free agent signings. I think they're going to have to do it by sort of assembling a little bit. And I think they have to come to the understanding that maybe they don't have the right pieces. Well, they clearly don't if they were if if, if they did what they did in right. this series. So, right. um, yeah, I mean, there, there's you, you can't say enough about the fact of what they did in the, in the regular season. Right. You know, ba- based on what they had done, you know, years prior, it's 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 night and day. I mean, you know, kudos to all of them. I mean, this, mm-hmm. it, it, it's unfortunate that they laid an egg in the series, but. Right. Um, you know, and, and they could have won, you know, at least one, if not two of the games they lost. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, this, it, could, it could be different if uh, just for a couple of, I mean, it, it's not even that they got blown out. You know, a couple of different, a couple of different moves, uh, uh, balls fall a little bit differently and, and they're, uh, it, it's, they're up 3-2 right now after losing tonight, you know? Yeah. So, but, hey. I, I, I just felt after, you know, I just, I think Atlanta was a better team. And they had a better superstar who could take the team and, and, and sort of do what he did. You and just saw, I mean, Trey Young was, it was just, forget about it. They, I mean, was, I think that the, the three breakout stars, and they're not really breakout stars, but the, but the, but the, the three guys are just, other than Damian Lillard, who are just blowing my, my socks off right now, are uh, uh, John Morant, Trey Young, and Devin Booker. I mean, yeah. they're just, yeah. those are some. Good basketball players. There's I some think, good young basketball players in this. I league. think I think Gallinari definitely was the reason that they won. Uh, you know, Gallinari played good basketball. He did. It's probably the best couple games I've seen Gallinari play in a long time. He was uh, definitely more motivated than he has been in the past. But that's what I mean. Atlanta had more experience, and they were deeper, yeah. and 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 they could shoot the ball better. The Knicks went very cold. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they just ice. Yeah. It's ridiculous, but. Anyway, uh, yeah. Well, we'll see. Like I said, we'll uh, we'll the semis will be started uh, a couple games in actually by the time we uh, do our next show next week. Um, and it'll be fun. It'll be don't uh, don't count out LeBron just yet. Don't <laughs> don't count him out just yet. I think I I'm gonna go with their uh, uh, which we call it uh, Phoenix's. Uh, yeah, because it doesn't, it doesn't but, look like Anthony Davis is gonna be back. No. So. But I, I think LeBron wins the next game. I think he'll he'll win one. And well, then if they win it, LeBron wins it for them. That's the that's what way. I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, but uh, yeah, and hockey's moving along. 
So. Who's going to who's going to be the next uh, coach of the Boston uh, Celtics? That was, I mean, what a strange move that is. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, let's talk about that a minute. That was weird. Um, uh, which McCaught? Uh, I don't know. You, you know, Ken, Kendrick Perskins had an interesting take on this this morning on one of the ESPN shows, and, and I think he makes a lot of sense in that he's saying, you know, if an African American coach, if a black coach failed like the coach of the Celtics that he wouldn't get a promotion to the front office. Right. You know, he'd be a, he'd be fighting to be a assistant coach somewhere else. Right. And I think that's true to some degree. And I think this sort of perpetuates some of the, you know, so-called criticisms against the Celtics and that franchise. Mm-hmm. I think Danny Ainge's imprint on that team is huge. I think he's obviously a legend in Boston to some people, but he, you know, it, it's, it sounds like, Hey, I'm going to leave, but I'm still going to be kind of I'll have my fingers in it. I'll have my fingers in it. Yeah. And so it will be really interesting to see who they pick to be their, their head coach. I think they should hire the fan that got arrested after throwing the water bottle at yeah. Kyrie. <laughs> or maybe, it'll be, maybe it'll be Kyrie. It'd be good. It's possible. Um, but th- that's a team with a lot of talent, but again, a chemistry issue. They just don't have the right mix. If you look at a team like like Utah, if you look at a team like Phoenix, they have the mix it takes to win. a ba- Basketball is a team game. Right. And, you know, even Brooklyn, they have the right mix now because they have guys who are willing to, you know, they're moving the ball. And, oh, by the way, if the top three guys who are three of the top five players in the NBA aren't open, well, they have the best three-point shooter in, in, in basketball, right. you know, sitting at the three-point line. So we'll, we'll see. But uh, it's uh, – yeah, I, I, we, we, we shall see. I just I, – I think there's a lot of talent in Boston. I think there's a more question marks than there are talent. Well, they were back and forth, right? You never knew what team you were going to get. They were either going to walk away with the game or they were going to lay yeah. down. It was there was not really much gray area there. It was, no. They were they were playing great basketball or they sucked. And they don't have they don't have a, a definitive leader. They don't have that guy who's just hey, this is my team. And I think they're going to have to make up their mind and probably trade one of the other guys on that team. We'll, no. we'll, we'll see. We will. All right. Um, Any uh, hockey's hockey's cruising along. Um, yeah, go Islanders! Yeah, that series is tied one-one with uh, with uh, the Bruins right now. Go, go Avs! And um, Tampa Bay leads the uh, Hurricanes two uh, nothing. Two nothing. Yeah, and uh, Colorado is uh, still undefeated in the playoffs. So far. And, they're, and they're up one nothing right one now. One nothing. Yeah. And, I'll tell you uh, what: the, the Avalanche might be the fastest team I've ever seen play hockey. Yeah, are, it's unbelievable. They're pretty quick. Um, yeah, and the Islanders, uh, Islanders and Bruins are tied up, right? Islanders, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think the story is the Canadians. Yeah, right. Look, what a comeback against the, uh, and then they're up uh, one nothing against uh, the yeah the, they beat the Jets. The, beat the Jets five to three. I think one of those was an empty netter, but uh, yeah, I was watching Game Seven and uh, and. Um, uh, the Leafs were up three one, and I thought, okay, well, maybe they're going to do it, and it looked pretty good. And then I flipped away. I was watching, I don't know, something else, one of the other, one of the basketball games, and I went back, and it was three two, and I went, uh oh. And then yeah. I flipped away, and then I flipped back, and it was three three, and then I went to sleep, and, uh, it's tough. and then Montreal I mean, won. So it, I, I mean, it's, it's a great story. It the is but a it's, great story, but Montreal is maybe even a better story. It's yeah. tough being a Toronto Maple Leafs, and I mean, I think they had the longest active streak of between championships, right? Yeah, 
in all sports. Uh, yeah, 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 definitely. But yeah, it is my so well. They're they're all chugging right. along, so uh, we'll uh, we'll see how that plays out next week as well. Right. Anything else in the world of sports we want to talk about? Absolutely not. I think we're good. What do you think? All right, all right. Well, we'll wrap the show up for today on that note. We want to thank everybody for watching, and for those of you just listening to the audio podcast, thanks for listening. Don't forget to visit our website, www.getonwithitpodcast.com. That's getonwithitpodcast.com. And please remember, like us and follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for the Get On With It podcast. And, of course, all of our shows are on YouTube as well on the Logger Room channel. Remember, we go live with the video podcast on both Facebook and YouTube every Wednesday night at 7.30. For those of you that Eastern time, that is. For those of you that just want to listen to the audio podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to one or more of those feeds, and you will never miss a show. Again, thanks for following along with us. Uh, have a great rest of your week. Have a wonderful weekend. Watch a lot of sports. Watch the playoffs for both basketball and hockey, of course, and your favorite baseball team as well. And we will talk to you soon, guys. Take care. Cheers. Hey, uh, you know who would look good on the Knicks? He's uh, got a player option for free agency next year. Who's that? Chris Paul. Chris Paul. There you go. Well, Chris take Paul from right, New York. Take your right to the championship. There that's right. That's Because that's, uh, nothing's better than a 39-year-old point guard. <laughs> Making 39 million. Yeah. 39. 39. Well, he makes a million per uh, year. He is old. Man. Yeah. yeah. Right. Bye, everybody. Have, have a great one. Cheers. See ya.